On today's Skies Falling Podcast, the Chicago Bulls are so fucking back. And we got our pal, reoccurring guest, Big Dave, on the pod to talk to Free Agent Frenzy and all stuff Bulls. Um, we got an update from Bears Camp and Lake Forest. We got a breakdown of the Cubs' new prospects. And I'm assuming Josh is going to slip in this stream at some point and shit on us because the White Sox are about to sweep the Cubs and... Just it's just been a agonizing weekend, honestly. When you when I think about that, um, and then we got a Blackhawks Black uh, legal update uh, with that sexual assault stuff, um, in our end of the show segment. So a fun loaded show today. So as always, Sky's Flying Podcast is brought to you by OnTapSportsNet.com. Head on over, get our Chicago sports needs. We're also brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Illinois betters can use promo code ONTAP at registration to receive a first deposit match up to $250. That is free money, folks. Free money. So go sign up and get your next month's rent on us. Go leave us a five-star review if you're on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave reviews. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at SkiesFallingPod and the SkiesFallingPod on uh, Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at CodyOnTap and Tommy at official underscore T Long. Sir T. Oliver Long. You know, back when we first interviewed Dave, um, he he mentioned all you know all the changes he wanted, and he's like, "I just want to, I just want whatever comes out of the kitchen from the Bulls front office to smell good." And I tell you what, ever since Agent AK became the chef, it's been smelling pretty damn good. So I'm excited to talk to him today. Let's start the damn show. You're listening to The Sky is Falling, a Chicago sports podcast brought to you by ONTAPSportsNet.com. Cody, Tommy, and Sean talk Bulls, Cubs, Blackhawks, Bears, Illinois College Sports, and even the damn White Sox. Plus, these guys are all degenerate gamblers, and they know how to have a good time. So crack them, kids, because The Sky is Falling podcast starts now. Welcome into the Skies Falling Podcast, episode 100. Triple digits. We finally made it, Tommy. We whoop, whoop. finally fucking made it. Um, no more jersey numbers. Uh, I don't I don't even know what to say, but we made yeah. it to 100, man. Yeah, I don't I mean, how many like true episodes have there been though? Oh, well over. Well over. Yeah, if, well you, over if you if you add in if you add in the, the Bears recaps and add in like the random ones that we did with like guests and like like the special pot that we put up this week with cole franklin uh shout out to him for jumping on and talking to me uh back in may by the way um so yeah well over 100 but when it comes to just talking about the entire city of sports it's 100 episodes and uh i don't know man i feel if it's it's nice like when we started, we were like, you know, we might just do this for two months, and if no one gives a shit, we'll just quit. I feel like people still give a shit. So right, that's right. <laughs> so and I feel like it's something to be proud of, keeping everybody inside. Man. <laughs> even even though you know, I feel like podcast industry might be a little bit down this summer, just because people are finally out and be able to do whatever they want. So maybe Ooh. they're not in their car as much, but um, or you know, just listening to podcasts in general, but. I don't know. I'd love to know what the where the podcast numbers are 
in the industry, at least last year compared to right now. I'd love to see those numbers. But anyway, man, how, how was the weekend? How uh, I know you're down in Charleston, had some brews with old Jim last night. Saw yep. your Snapchat. Yep. Sounds like you had a good weekend. Yeah, I hit up a couple uh, local restaurants that I haven't been to in a long time. Um, and then him and I just made a fire in the backyard and just got absolutely hammered like the kids talk about. Um, and uh, that was about it. Just hung out with the dog all weekend. Uh, but I'm looking forward to going back to Chicago because I'm game planning for moving into my new apartment in two weeks. So God bless and good God. fucking night. Oh God, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean – I can't tell you like how good it feels to which granted, like I'm, I'm still a ways away. Obviously I still have to go through the process of moving all the stuff in, but in retrospect, which I mean, in retrospect, that's one bad day out of the, out of the year. Um, but it's going to be soon be followed by me not having to drive three hours home every day. And that just makes me all kinds of horny thinking about that. Like all the free time I'm going to have just do stuff. You you told me it's like eight minute. It's like an eight minute drive. I wonder how yeah. long it is if you walk. I bet it's like twenty minutes if you. So walk. I think twenty five. It's, like, it's it's like a forty minute walk, but oh, that's okay. only because of the like the like the way Evanston's structured is like so fucked up. Like it's really it's like not really on a grid. Yeah. So I have to like almost walk the same way, like around, like follow the um, lines of the lake, which yeah. I don't want to on a good like a nice day, especially in the morning. Like mm-hmm. I would just put on walking shoes. That wouldn't be terrible, you know. Just throw on the yeah. pot, be good to go. But uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Like literally, my backyard is Lake Michigan. So that's sweet. I mean, you can't beat that. But yeah, like yeah. I said, you showed me pictures. The it, the place looks pretty awesome. Can't wait to post up there on Sundays mm-hmm. for some Bears football. You know oh what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna be a good time, man. I uh, I'm excited for you as well because I if. If you're a close friend of Tommy, then you have been getting Snapchats of Tommy's commute home <laughs> for the last like five months. His commute to work and home, and it's a wild ride. It's almost like you just wonder sometimes if he's even going to make it to work or make it home. Like, yeah, it's I bad. wouldn't, I wouldn't have blamed you if you just pulled over and said, "Fuck it, I'm going to sleep right here." <laughs> and like, I'm going to turn like, around and go to work tomorrow. <laughs> the problem, like the biggest issue, is like. In the morning, it's just a roll of the dice, you know, and on the way home too. But in the morning, it pisses me off more just because I hate being so as late as much as I am. Because I either show up an hour and a half early, yeah. or I'm like an hour late because of of trains. Mm-hmm. So, but on the way back, yeah, it's like the worst part. Obviously, the frustration just continues to mount and build. You get pissed off, and like oh, yeah. I. I don't feel bad for anyone on the road and I'm just like, I flip pretty much everyone off by the time I get close to home. Um, but it's the being in a compact car as opposed to my trucks where I could yeah. like lean back and be comfortable and all that. I just, I get out and like my back hurts and my legs hurt just cause they're so stiff. Yeah. It's just like relatable. Uh, it's yeah. so relatable. Uh, yeah. You know, you hear all your bones crack and your back crack when you stand up. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I'm going to miss but- my neighbors though. I got like my neighbors are Spanish and like they have three little Hispanic girls that always come over and yell at me when I get out of my car. And I don't know. I don't ever know what they say because they don't speak English. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, waved. I'm like, yeah, bye. Hi. They're probably telling you to fuck off, but you're waving hi. Call me like a fat, fat blanco. I don't know whatever the <laughs> word for white. Speaking man. speaking of Spanish people, me and Cassidy found a bomb ass Mexican joint just down the road from us. We went to yesterday. Had some margaritas. Had some tacos. Um, big fan of Clark Street here in Andersonville. It was the first weekend that we got to, I guess, kind of explore our neighborhood. Um, obviously, I'm like a couple red line stops from like Wrigleyville, but like here in Uptown Andersonville, uh, there's a lot of stuff to do. So it's really, it's really exciting. We were able to kind of go and explore a little bit, just like our own like neck of the woods where we yeah. can just walk. So that was basically what I did. Um, That's kind of what what I'm looking forward to is just like taking the weekend just to put on the walking boots and just. Yeah, explore the neighborhood. You know, kind of figure. Out. I do know that across the street from me is the wine store. So, oh, nice. I have to. I also have to mention. I somehow, without real, without trying, fucked around and walked slash ran a combination of like nine miles between yesterday and today. Because um, we went over to the lakefront yesterday morning, mm-hmm. and uh, she wanted to walk, and I wanted to do a couple miles on the path running and I found myself all like, uh, let's see, we're up by like Montrose beach. Yeah. Um, I find myself running slash walking end up all the way down by Belmont. Jesus, which is like after I, after I started walking, once I crossed crossed Lakeshore and was walking and realized I was at Belmont, I was like, Holy fuck. This is nowhere near close to home. I walked home from there. My Apple Watch told me I walked 3.25 miles <laughs> to get home from there. I was like, imagine, like imagine yourself as like a dog and you're like, oh fuck. I'm yeah, I'm not. This isn't this isn't home. <laughs> the, the only pro out of it is I just got to see a bunch of different places I want to go yeah. in terms of food. There were so many places I was like, oh, this looks good. We should go here sometime. You know what I mean? And that and your, uh... I found Broadway really quick and I was just like, okay. Cause I live off Broadway. Yeah. So I just like walked down Broadway the entire way. And I was just, you know, mentally jotting down all these places in my head. Um, but yeah. What's was, your go-to at a Mexican restaurant? Uh, well, we always get guacamole, no doubt. And then yeah. I'm a big fan of, of chicken tacos or shrimp tacos. Yeah. Um, those, I mean, I always get tacos when I go. And if like some places will have rice and beans, I'll get, I'll, I'll get both the rice and beans. Some people aren't a big fan of the, of the beans. I don't understand why I like mixing the beans and the rice. Mm, good stuff. I do. I, uh, I like the, like when you do the tortillas with like, like putting the rice and the beans on the tortilla. Uh, okay. I like, yeah. doing, I like doing it that way. So are you like a fajitas guy? I can do fajitas. I'm a big fan of like, and not every, not every place has them. And, um, but it's, you do like the, you get like the tray with like the V's in it and they put the tacos in there and it's just like, you get like a fish taco, shrimp taco, chicken taco and a beef taco, or just like something within like that. I like doing yeah. that. Like the, with the nice. smaller tacos, that's what I, that's what I prefer. Otherwise, yeah. it's just are you a Royal Conrizo, baby chicken and rice. Are you a flour or hard shell or corn? Um, I mean, flour, I think, is the best. Mm-hmm. But um, see, like when I'm on the road, like road game at a restaurant, I like the flour. But when I'm at home, I, I prefer doing the hard, 
Really? Yeah. I'm more of a corn tortilla tortilla yeah. guy. But at corn, home, corn tortillas are healthier for you too. Yeah. Oh, I, at the restaurant, I'll get the corn tortilla tortilla. But at home, I'll I'll eat the flour. The tortilla. Yeah. Tortilla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway, my sister, my sister in college would literally she was oh disgusting. She'd make a tortilla, quesadilla. She so she put the tortilla on the pan. Yeah. And get a slice of American cheese, like Kraft singles. Yeah, <laughs> what? Put on there and then eat it. I'm like, you're a disgusting yeah, yeah. human. At being. least go get some Sargento or something, yeah. man. He's the same. He's the same bitch that literally made a PB and J and then put the PB and J in the toaster. And yikes! Got, that almost set the set the house on fire when we were kids. <laughs> she wasn't drunk. Uh, she was sober. Jesus, someone someone should get a leash on her, man. Yeah, she is yeah. she is out of control. Yeah. Holy shit. All right. Well, shout out she to Kate. She teaches. Yeah, shout out to her. She got a <laughs> teacher of the year award at her school, actually. Oh, nice. So okay, we're we're ending our conversation about her with something good. Possibly, we just yeah. slandered her and all the food. Probably the first positive thing I've said about her in like seven years. Jesus. <laughs> I guess you were due, man. You were due. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. Like we kind of said in the intro, we got a loaded show today. And last week, you know, we we aired our grievances about the Cubs in terms of just like what Bryant Rizzo buys meant to us and all that shit and how how much it sucked. Today, I kind of want to go in go into the prospects because I mean, the team itself sucks. They're about to get swept by the White Sox, and we're going to talk about that with Josh when he gets here. Um, and they haven't really like they they. There's been some games that have been kind of exciting. Like, for instance, the Friday game against the White Sox, uh, Andrew Romine, the Andrew Romine game or whatever. He yep. hit a tying three-run shot off Craig Kimbrell, of all guys, which was cool. Yep. Um, there was a game against Colorado that was fun, I guess, a little bit. But, like, for me, it's it's hard for – it's been hard for me to, like, get – to get back in because I've been waiting for Justin Steele to, to get called back up to be a starter. And I'm waiting – they just demoted Keegan Thompson, so I'm waiting for him to get – brought back up to be a starter and like at least have something to like look forward to because a lot of these guys that they have on the roster right now like okay patrick wisdom's in the nl rookie of the year chase um rafael ortega's like turned into a god i mean you can buy rafael ortega jerseys right now at the cup store which i think i might actually go buy one because just like imagine in five years man imagine in five years and you have the rafael ortega jersey like I know you're shaking your head, but like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> there, there's, there's something, there's something about having the Cubs legends on your bag, man. Save him, buy a steel jersey. I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, I want to. Here's, here, here, here's the thing, and and I'll address the the current Cubs roster first, but um, I, I've I've watched all the games and I feel nothing. Like, yeah. I, like I'm emotionless watching. Like we will be like when we were getting our shit rocked by the Colorado. Yeah. I felt nothing. I felt nothing. I laughed. I was laughing at the. I felt bad for the Rockies because story went off, and mm. I'm like, you really are keeping this guy just to let him walk at the end of the year. Like that's pathetic. Um, yeah. But watching the this game and watching Romine hit that home run off. It was cool. I like the screen. Uh, someone took a screen grab of his face after he after he hit it. it. He was yeah. like, "Oh, like, shit! I did that." And then, of course, like you know, the next day, Kimbrel, it, it, I mean, sliced and diced was pretty good. But 
Yeah. Um, Which you expected. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like to your point, watching individual performances, storylines um, unfold as the year starts to wind down is going to be interesting. Um, the only thing that sucks is rosters only expand to 28 in September, not 40. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, going to see particular guys. I mean, I think we've, we're probably once Thompson gets up after Steele, uh, I would probably suspect Arietta's days are going to be numbered. Um, yeah. We wish they would have been probably earlier. He'd be, he cost us quite a few games during the stretch there, but um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, you might see him go on the 10 or 60 day DL without mm-hmm. a DFA, just, you know, for what he did. But um yeah, I don't know. I have no hope. I've been watching a lot of minor league ball. David, Brandon Davis, you like to see him getting back at it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Again, it's when you don't have a horse in the race combined with the absolute heartbreak of the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to be emotionally invested in, in yeah. watching three hours ago. and that's and that's kind of like the spin zone right because for like the last seven years we've just been like every cubs game has been like every single coaster. day it's a yeah. roller coaster and you're like you get up to be let down or you're really fucking happy that they win and now you were in this territory where it's like well i just don't feel anything like mm-hmm. if they win it's like cool like when when romine hit the homer off kimbrell there was a i was at sluggers at the time and uh, I was there with Ron Luce and uh, another buddy from ONTAP, uh, Dominic, who's a Sox fan. And I looked at Dominic. I was like, this is our W today. Like, you guys are going to find a way to pull this out unless we score here in the bottom of this inning, like, to keep the momentum going. But if they – if I would not be surprised if if you, you score because the Cubs had already used, like, their best relievers at that point except for right. Andy Rodriguez. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean <laughs> – it was it was a win in itself that they got three that that lineup got three hits off Craig Kimbrell the way that Craig Kimbrell has pitched this year and I, so I did which I haven't seen it from anyone on my Twitter timeline but I've I've been seeing it on or excuse me hearing it uh, just listening to you know the Chicago sports radio you know driving to work and driving home to Charleston and a lot of Sox fans are like oh this is your World Series and I'm like I don't. I don't see it that way. I'm like, I'm just so broken as a Cubs fan. I was like, this is just sad. A little, this is just another series, you know, like, yeah. unfortunately, like this year. Now, next year, it may carry some more weight. You know, things may be a little different. I don't suspect they'll be too much different, but, yeah, I, you know, but again, With, like this, they need these wins to like figure their shit out because they yeah, have, because coming like, into the seat, going into that series, and I'm, I'm not trying to talk socks without Josh here, but right. going into the series against the Cubs, they had just lost three or four to the Royals. Struggling so, yeah. so, but anyway, I mean, I think everyone's getting the point of what we're saying about like the Cubs actual roster right now. And outside of a few storylines, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to watch. It's hard to, just like even get excited about some of these guys. Um, but Justin Steele, he's going to be promoted, and they've already said that he is going to pitch against the Brewers next week, which is exciting. Um, I'm, I, I'll ask you right here, live right now, man. Like, I'm, I'm planning to go to one of these first three games. They're 705 starts. The game four is a 120, so I can't do that because of work. But 
if Justin Steele pitches one of these three games, if you want to go, I'm I'm planning to go. Just let me know. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, I uh, I think on when you mentioned uh, you know the of a lot of Sox fans saying that this was like the Cubs World Series. This is the kind of shit. Like I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I turned off my Twitter notifications the entire weekend. My Twitter, like my notifications, like little bar on Twitter right now, it says I have like 20 plus notifications. Like I, I'm not, I'm not conversing with anyone. I'm not conversing. Like I've tweeted some things related to the series yesterday. Like I saw a bunch of people, like a bunch of Sox fans, like fucking shitting on Wrigley field. And it's people who I've seen at Wrigley field before, like not in person, but say that they're at Wrigley field. And it's like, if you don't like Wrigley field, why do you keep going? Are you just going to just like, to just shit on them while you're there, like oh, to shit on the ballpark itself. Like, I, I just don't understand it. And, 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 and here's why I don't understand it. And I feel like you, you're the same in this aspect. We hate the Cardinals, right? But we like going to Bush. Like I like going to Bush stadium. I like going to the cell. I've had, I've, I've, I've had good times at those ballparks. Wrigley field is obviously not modernized. They've made it modern uh, as, as modernized as they could, but like, obviously it's one of the oldest stadiums in baseball. So I'm not trying to go down a big giant rabbit hole, but like, it's another example of like kind of what you were saying. Like it's just a weekend where Sox fans can finally just like let all their fucking steam out over the last like four or five years of whatever it's been of them just being bad when the Cubs are good. And you know what they want to have that. I'll let them have it. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, Dude, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. Like, so I like well, I tweet. I tweeted something yesterday. I was like, if you're at Wrigley Field and you've been there before, and you're sitting on here fucking bitching about the ballpark, you're either here to just you're either there just to bitch, you're there to bitch for clout, or you're just a soft ass ice cream cone. <laughs> like, I I don't regret saying any of that. I haven't there, looked at the tweet I mean, and the replies or anything, but like, I'm just like, I don't even more, care. More than likely, like, just like I mean, just like us though, they have they're they're having a good time while they're there. It's just they're um, pandering to their fellow Sox fans or who are Cardinals fans online um, on their Twitter timeline, Twitter feed, because they know they'll get likes from it, you know? Right. That's Whatever. what I said, bitching for clout. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I would say whenever we go, I don't like, yeah, we like we flip off the stadium and like Cardinals right. and all that, but doesn't mean that I think the stadium is trash. Like we're saying the fans are trash. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. And I think that's what comes back to what the White Sox and the Cubs rivalry is. It's if whatever it is, it's just more of a fan rivalry. And honestly, I think that just because it's, they just don't play each other enough and they've never both been good at the same time. Swear to God, maybe like in the late two thousands a little bit, but like, Oh, Oh, eight, Oh, Oh, seven, Oh, eight. They're both, like the Sox were good in the sense that they were like four or five games above 500, but they got, I mean, both of us got knocked out early. Early. <laughs> like we both got yeah. swept out of the first round. So <laughs> the Cubs were supposed to be a lot better in those, in those postseason series, but I don't want to go down through that pain. Ariano, <laughs> Terrio, and Ramirez for accumulating yeah. one hit total in that Diamondback series. Yeah. Never forget. Um, all right. Well, like I said, I'm not trying to talk too much about the White Sox without Josh here, like we did last week. I think I think we, there's one thing we do need to bring up, Cubs related, um, that a lot of people I had uh, some people talking about it, and 
a couple of my followers like tagged me in a tweet with like Kaplan and other, like I'm honored to be included in like I, you value my opinion. I think they think I'm more official just because I have official before my moniker. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I didn't even. I know reply. what you mean by that. I've had a couple of those too. I just and like I feel I, like holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even reply, or I, I replied, but I replied and then untagged all those other guys because I didn't want to like just yeah. pollute their timeline. But um, the the sports book going up at Wrigley. Okay. Um, and a lot of a lot of people were saying, "Oh, that's you know, how can you afford to do this and then not pay these guys." Which again feeds into the conversation of like, you know, a lot of them probably aren't worth some of the contracts. But anyway, I think with the sports book going up, the way I understand it is this, is it going above the uh, like the ho- the like edge of the building? No, it's not going on actual Wrigley, is it? No, I, from my understanding, you know oh, where like you know you know where like the Bill Billy Williams statue is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's going over there somewhere. I don't know how they're putting yeah. it up, but it, this has been a thing for like the last year. They had this. This has been in the works for the last year. I don't know why anyone's like using like, the fact that they didn't sign of it. Was that it'd be like one little area like inside by the concession stands? I thought the I thought that was the perception as well. Yeah, I. Uh, but it, the thing is, is like what I, I'm in, I'm all in on this because this won't just add like this will add like probably what 70, 80, 90 million to the team's value by mm-hmm. doing this. That's only going to help. Like, yeah. unless, unless that gets in and after a few years of having it in and we still don't want to go into the luxury tax. And then that's when we got to literally like riot and get Tom Rickens out because clearly he's just wanted to pocket all that money. Right. You know what I mean? Like if Mm -hmm. someone's available, whatever. But I think that would be the, that's when there'd be a point of contention. I don't think the point of contention is now or while it's being built. Right. Um, I don't think he's using money dedicated. Like, again, I don't think he's using money that should go to player personnel pulling money away from that towards this project i think they are they are funds um but i think again that money is going to be so will accrue so much i think it will only help the product on the field over time not going to be like an overnight thing right it go again it's and you you, like you kind of said like it everyone is using anything that tom ricketts is investing his money into like the real estate stuff from like during 2020 people were giving Tom Ricketts a ton of slander for because he wouldn't extend players, whatever. There's just like, everyone's going to do that. Here's my biggest thing. My biggest thing is there's a shit ton of people on fucking Twitter who've been saying who for, for years have been saying that we need to trade Bryant Rizzo or Baez or a combination of one or two of them or hell, even all three. And then those same exact people are bitching that we didn't extend them. Like since the trade deadline, it's so wild to me. Like it's another, this app is free type bullshit. Like I, I like all I've ever asked people is to just pick a side and stay on it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the sports book will be good. I, everyone knows me and you are big gambling guys, but like they're going to have a sports book at literally every 
team in Chicago at some point. They're going to have a sports book in the United Center. They're going to have a sports book out at the cell. They're gonna, obviously, they're going to have a sports book at Soldier Field or wherever the fucking Bears are going to play. And I think I hit them all. Like that. Like they're going to have a sports book there. It, it's been it's been known for a yep. while. I don't know why people freaked out when like that news dropped the other day. It's like this is this has been in the works for the last year. This like was announced last year. So yeah. Um anyway. Um you want to dive into these prospects now? Are you are you yeah. ready to be minor league Tommy? Like this is what we're built for, right? I'm ready. Well, let's start with Greg uh, Deichman, man. He made his major league debut. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately um, pronounced Deichman, yeah. Is it Dykeman? Yeah. yeah. I I I've heard people say it different ways, like like Deshman, Dykeman, uh a few other ones too. But he isn't he wasn't in the Cubs uh, or in the Cubs top ten, but I believe he was in the top thirty. I think he came in at twenty. Yes, he was yeah. after he was part of the Andrew Schaefer trade. Um made his major league debut on Friday against the uh the White Sox, got his first major league hit. Um Left-handed bat, probably play the outfield. Got some muscle on him too, man. Yeah, um, I I'm like warming up in that t-shirt. I'm like, oof, gun show, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't, I don't know what to expect, but he hit really well in the minor leagues. Um, you know, he was hitting over 300, had an on-base over 400, but his slugging was lower than what many I guess would like mm -hmm. for an outfielder but I think with the Cubs going with the big contact filled type future I like I like him as a player to be part of that I don't know if he's going to be an everyday guy but I at least think he can be I don't know your fourth outfielder at best but hell I'd rather see him out there the rest of the yeah. year than yeah. fucking he's, Jason uh, Hayward <laughs> yeah oh, holy fuck you're, you're not wrong yeah that I mean well look he's I don't have high expectations for him. Yeah, he's you know ranked a little higher on, on the prospects list, but he's is also older. Um, he's twenty six, um, which is you know not a huge deal. I think you know that just means he's already entering his prime years, and he, that just means he is who he is. He may be a guy who finds power when he turns thirty, kind of like Jose Batista did, or you know JD Martinez didn't find power till late in their career, but. Um, looking at his numbers, it's, you know, higher average, decent on base, lower slugging. Uh, so that OPS is deceptive for someone who plays a corner outfield position, but I would, I would much rather have someone with gap to gap power and a good eye for the ball. Yeah. Someone who's gonna, you know, be a three true outcome guy, you know, the, the home run walk or strikeout. Um, mm. I think he's gonna, again, I mean, we saw that with the acquisition of, uh, Madrigal. Uh, I think this guy too, like he's going to give you a good at bat. I would probably compare him just on those types of numbers to a guy like Ben Zobris when he was with the Cubs. Like, you know, he was, you know, he'll hit you between, you know, 10 and 15 homers a year. Uh, but he's going to, he's going to draw his walks and he's going to find the gap. And hopefully he'll find those gaps with runners on with, you know, runners in scoring position or runners on base. Um, and I think he's going to really, turn the lineup over a lot that's the best case scenario right you know yeah. like i do i do think he would have been called up if there wouldn't have been a pandemic last year i, I a lot of people have said at least in the cubs prospects world on the internet have said that he probably gets called up last year um in which he was 25 then again 25 is older than you know 22 but right um i do think yeah, he probably is up sooner 
than now. Um, I don't know the A's outfield. They uh, they got some dudes. Well, last year they had some dudes too. I mean, they have uh, Ramon Laureano, who's you know, all star caliber. He's got suspended. <laughs> yeah, he he's gonna be gone for a while, man. He uh, games, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna be gone for a while. Uh, but again, I mean, legalize it. Um, yeah. But so they, I mean, they had some dudes in the outfield, but again, um, I think we're getting him for prime years. And they, and if we missed on this guy, you know, it was for Andrew Chafin for, for, a, for a relief pitcher, you know, yeah. and, and as much as Chafin was kind of, uh, I wouldn't say a staple in the organization, but he was a guy that we look forward to watching. He was very entertaining. He was a quality baseball player. Um, and no reason not for him to come back next year, but still, I think we're getting him and this guy in his prime years and he turns out to be something fucking awesome. Fucking yeah. awesome. Uh, another guy who came in that deal is, uh, Daniel Palencia. Don't really know too much about him. Uh, but he, I don't even think he's in the Cubs top 30. We'll be interested to see where he, where he falls. And I don't like to use the Cubs top 30 as like a, oh, he's good or bad. Cause I mean, Justin Steele was literally ranked 29 on the Cubs top 30 prospects, which tells you everything you really need to know about like prospect rankings. Um, Because we've seen Justin Steele just be absolutely just nails as a reliever and he's getting a chance to start. We'll see how that goes. And if it doesn't go well, he can definitely go back to being a reliever uh, and being someone uh, of, of that of that, you know, that level. But, um, yeah, let's, uh, here, I'm going to, let's move to like the, the Cubs top 10. Cause there's, that's where I like the, the beef from the Bryant Rizzo and bias trade. Um, let's start with the bias trade, which they got Pete Crow Armstrong, who's currently they on MLB pipeline, uh, ranked number six, uh, in the Cubs, uh, top 30, right behind Ed Howard. Um, Outfielder, I believe, yeah. Um, yeah. and he was Plays, a first-round uh, pick in 2020. Yeah. Um, I mean, all I'm going to say is, especially after seeing Javi Baez go 0 for 5 of 5 strikeouts the other day, I feel like in the long run, like whatever Pete Crow Armstrong becomes, I do. I feel like he is going to be a solid guy at some point. It's just, we're going to have to wait a little bit. I mean, he's got the genes, man. His mom was in a little big league. His mom was, uh, the mother. It was like Sharon Crow. Was her, is there her name? I think she was the mother mm-hmm. of the uh, kid in a little big league who became GM in the Mets. So he's got it in his blood. Um, mm-hmm. but the many, many of the guys that made the comp for him, um, right now, which made me want to vomit was Alvaro Mora. Um, since that yeah. great defense, um, mm-hmm. got a lot to learn, um, on, on 15 on. homer threat type guy. That was, yeah. uh, that was Albert Almore. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, but the thing is he's so young. It's like, man, yeah. he's got, I mean, his ETA is 2024. He's, he's yeah. a kid, man. We, he's got he's a 19. Lot. He's yeah. got, I mean, he's probably not even done growing yet. You know what I mean? So yeah, if he can really fill out and it, someone that we can put in center field and he's going to be a gold glove threat and then maybe turn into our everyday, you know, leadoff hitter or everyday seven hole hitter. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. But the high, apparently the, everyone that speaks of him is like this guy, this kid's for real. Right. But again, he, he got drafted first round last year and he got drafted after not playing baseball um, his senior year of high school. So they were only watching tape of his, 
of his Legion Legion ball. So right. um, still a lot to unpack with him and see how he plays, continues to play uh, over the next couple months. Um, I think he's someone that we can, especially getting guys like 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 Dykeman up, uh, and if we keep Ortega around, and if, for whatever reason, if Hack doesn't figure his shit out, but we still keep him around, we got guys that can hold water up here until till he's ready for the next few years. But I think right. he's someone that we can be excited about, but we can't be, you know, like a like a Brendan Davis. Call him up now. We, you know, he's someone who does need to sit down there, season yeah. a little bit, figure out how to be a, a professional hitter, um, yeah. as well as you know, learning how to run the base path. So I think he's someone to be excited about, but you know, not to let's not keep him in the rearview mirror for for right now. I think he's someone we can just sit, let him sit back for a little bit. Yeah, he does scare me in terms of he's just another center field potential guy. And the Cubs have struggled to find anyone in the minor leagues to play center field. Dexter Fowler was was great the two years the Cubs had him. But since then, Ian Happ, Albert Almora. I mean, John Jay was better than those two guys in the grand scheme, yeah. if you really want to think about it, which is just right. crazy to You're me. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh and 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 I and I'm not slandering Ian Happ. He just hasn't been able to put together a consistent season. He'll be he's either he's very streaky. He's either really good or really bad. Strikeout rates well above thirty. I mean, if he's getting like, a fastball above the waist, he's going to swing at it and he's going to miss yeah. it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's Ian it. Happ is having the worst year of his career. He has a negative WAR right now, man. Yeah. And like that's a big reason why the Cubs are where they're at too. Why they sell that? Why they sold instead of bought? I mean, they fell apart because they weren't getting production out of him. And, and quite frankly, if we were in win now mode, um, if we if we were in win now mode going to next season, he's someone that you more seriously consider than the team already will. Mm-hmm. We're not you bring him back because right. you know if you're if you're trying to win a division, not saying we we aren't next year, but I mean we're probably not gonna. Mm-hmm. You know that probably gives him another you know couple hundred at bats with the organization as opposed to all right, we need someone who's can help attribute now. Um, right. But I think, I, I think after this stretch, even if he does write out the next few years of his, his eligibility with the Cubs, I don't see him being retained by the organization. Yeah. I mean, I'm at the point right now where I don't even want them to tender him a contract. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's going to be a serious, you know, thought. And if he he's going to be really cheap, but like, if you're if the Cubs front office is serious about competing next year, I mean Tom Ricketts literally went on Marquee Sports Network and said that he expects the Cubs to be in the running for the NL Central Crown next year. I, I don't know if that's just a PR, you know, whatever, like PR PR bullshit, but if you go out on a limb and say that after everything they've done, I'm just saying Ian Happ. He might be gone sooner rather than than later, man. So, um, so that's Pete Crow Armstrong, and I forgot to mention the Cubs sent Trevor Williams with Javi Baez. But yeah, his no dad one, was not. No one's remember that. His I'm sure his dad talking. wasn't. His dad put out the tweet talking about how hurt he was. Really, he was hurt Damn. and shocked. And it's like really. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised he was shocked. All right, <laughs> but um, let's move on to a guy who I have started to kind of take a look at and that is alexander canario who came in the chris bryant trade hit his first home run in south bend last night dude i've seen some of his highlights even mm-hmm. like when he gets like he hits him in the gaps he has easy power like he looks like he's barely swinging that bat and that ball is going a long way um 
I believe he was the Giants. He was in the Giants' top 15 of prospects, I think. 21 years old. Uh, like I said, bats right-handed. According, according to MLB Pipeline, it says he's 165 pounds. I don't believe that, but expected yeah, uh, from the time waste arrivals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, maybe the <laughs> – He's Never got some guns him. on him, man. He's got big shoulders. Yeah. yeah. He looks like a big dude, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they it says estimated time is tw- uh 2023. I th- you know, I don't I don't know how the development of prospects go, but to start in South Bend and the way he's playing right now, maybe maybe they go on a limb and maybe start him in double A next year or start him in, in in single A next year, but move him to double A quicker and and maybe 2023 really is it, but I don't know. I, and, and it's just been like five games, but he's played very well with South Bend to start his Cubs tenure. And that's exciting because he came, he was in the Chris Bryant trade and a lot of people didn't like the Chris Bryant trade, especially after it was rumored that it was going to be Bart and uh, Lamont Wade. Yeah. So, I mean, the way, I mean, his swing reminds me, honestly, of Junior Lakes when Junior Lake came up and was like scoring high. It was just like a nice clean swing, and the ball was just bouncing all over the yard. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully he turns out to be better than Junior Lake. but uh, I sure as hell hope so, brother. (laughs) But, but, I mean, he's he's doing what he's supposed to do early in his development. That's Once you can hit the fastball, um, you got to learn how to hit the off-speed stuff, and he's starting to – I mean, he's showing he's hitting that fastball, and he's hitting it for power, um, which is great. I don't haven't seen anything on him defensively or on the base pass, but um, his grades I know defensively were not they were not just not good. But again, um, he's a kid, so he's got yeah. time to figure that out. And even if he's not good, fuck it, stick him in left field. Who gives a shit? Or else we'll have the DH by the time he gets called up. So um, but yeah, I mean, something you like to see, nothing but good things. Again, it's just. They, with a lot of these guys, I don't want them to get called up too early, and then they have to come up and they get. Jack Flaherty sinker and curveball, and it's like, oh, I've never seen a pitch move like that. True. You, you got to be mentally and physically prepared to adjust your swing and not keep the swing same uh, swing path. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to end up like Ian Happ, where you just aren't. You're just never able to adjust for your entire career. That's true. That is a good point because the perhaps maybe Ian Happ has become what he is because maybe the Cubs have brought him up too soon. He's in the minors for two years before getting the call in 2017. Um, maybe he needed a little bit more time down there. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but, you know, he uh, – I'm reading on MLB Pipeline, you know, it says he won MVP honors at the rookie-level Dominican Summer League's All-Star Game uh, in 2017, which was like his pro debut. Um, he batted 318, Honestly, 337, you know who, what his body looks like? Looks like um, like that build looks like Luis Robert with the big shoulders. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. Luis Robert has those big, big wide shoulders, long arms. That's what he looks yeah. like. I don't know how tall Luis Robert is, but he six one one. I don't I, I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah. Like the, like the height and weight just doesn't look yeah. right. You know what I mean? It says, you know, he has average speed out of the batter's box. Um, so I mean, that's Luis Robert, man. He's 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 fast. When he's going right, he's one of the fast one of the faster players on the Sox roster. Uh, plus arm in the outfield, um, and he's played most of it of his minor league career in center and right. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I I I. And what's crazy 
and this kind of helps me transition to the next guy, is that I'm really a big fan of, uh, what's his name, Caleb Killian, who also came in the Chris Bryant trade. He's ranked number 16 in the Cubs system. He's in double A right now. Um, so we'll probably see him sooner, um, probably if not next year, the year after, I guess. But, you know, I uh, he, from what I've kind of read about him, I don't know what you think about him, but from what I've kind of read about him, he he you know, he's exactly what you need or what you want to build uh, when you're trying to get power arms, man, just power, 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 which is what the league has moved to and the Cubs have finally joined into. Uh, do you have any thoughts on him? Yeah, um, kind of gives me like Dustin May vibes a little bit with okay. him because he, when he throws, which I don't know what his spin rate is, I'd have to look it up, but yeah. he throws that fastball and it looks like it just whistles, dude. It, it, yeah. it goes and he, when he throws his, 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 you know, secondary pitches, it's just like throwing a wiffle ball, which is fucking fantastic. Um, and he's kind of got that frame like like Dustin May, just without the long mm-hmm. orange painted hair. Um, but yeah, I mean, fantastic stuff. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna, if he would be someone that you'd call up and then have him start out, kind of on the Steel Thompson mm-hmm. uh, way of going about things, development path where he you know he gets a half a year, a full year coming out of the pen someone that you're not afraid to stretch out at the big leagues, go out there, give him two innings, um, yeah. let him develop. And if he does well, like these two guys have done, be like, all right, you know, we're going to send you back down for six weeks, mm-hmm. stretch that arm back out, and then give you a call up, you know, for four or five starts to end the season. For sure. Most yeah. Fresh. I mean, that's I guess a just, good routine I, maybe for 22-23. Yeah. Well – I guess during the layoff last year, during the pandemic, he was, you know, going into it, he was ranging 90 to 95 on the four-seam fastball. Or I guess actually in college, he was ranging between 90 and 95. And now he's topping out at 98, um, which sources say that plays. So that excites me. And, you know, that's why I kind of like the return that the Cubs got for Chris Bryant. You you get a – an arm they say he could potentially be number four starter well people said kyle hendricks is going to be a potential force number yeah. four starter and he turned into an ace so you just never know with these pitchers but the stuff plays um if you can stay healthy and you know see him grow through the system who knows and then can canario again you know just 21 years old probably in a couple of years we'll see him um but it, so far things are looking good uh, at least for the cubs in that trade uh for that return at least Obviously, Chris Bryan is playing really well at the Giants, and that gives me pain, but it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one we can do um, – this goes back – this goes to the Rizzo trade. Alexander Vizcaino, he actually oh, yeah. pitched today for oh, the yeah. South for South Bend. He came in the Rizzo trade. He's ranked number eight in the Cubs system. He's uh, – like I said, he's in South Bend. He's got a wicked changeup, sits at the low 90s, Dude, which I is so- insane. This is the this guy. I talked to you about this guy at work. Him and Lucas Gill were the guys I was wanting. I didn't think we were going to trade Rizzo to the Yankees. I yeah. thought if we were going to trade like Kimbrel or Chafin to the Yankees, this is who I mentioned: Vizcaino or Lucas Gill. And we end up getting Vizcaino. This guy, I'm hyped up. I think this guy is Luis Severino Jr. Um, he's he's bigger. He's like six two, six three. I think he's. I know he's kind of skinny, but if you can put on a little bit of weight. Uh, just to mm-hmm. kind of 
you know, get those legs. Six two one sixty, according yeah. to MLB pipeline. So if he can, if he can put on some weight and get those thighs nice and built up, that way he can build up some stamina uh, for mm-hmm. those last few innings of ball. I mean, this guy fucks. I like everything yeah. about this guy. Um, I know what connections say like next year. I'm guessing. Yeah, I said ETA is 2022, but he hasn't pitched really at all this year due to injury, I'm pretty sure. So, like, his start today was probably his first start all season. Um, So that's probably going to push him back to 2023 unless he really just comes out the gates next year and, like, if perhaps they start him in double A maybe, and maybe then that might lead them to call him up. Yeah. But I think because of not pitching this year really yeah. is going well, to lead to 2023. I think, I think either way, he's going to be someone that's going to be exciting because I, I have a feeling he will be invited to spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to be someone that they, you know, a lot of the main, you know, rotation guys, which fuck at this point, that's going to be uh, Hendricks, Steele, Thompson, and uh, and and Alzole, you know, we've seen them throw them in the spring training for just a couple of innings just to knock the rust off the grape for the season. I think he may be someone you see he gets at least two or three starts of at least five innings to try and yeah. really see what he has because I think he does have it. Um, mm-hmm. But what's very what's what's awesome about these guys, you know, you see all these starting pitchers with ETAs of similar times, right? What's yeah. that going to do? That's going to create competition because they're all going to be on. They're either going to be beyond South Penn. They're all going to be on Tennessee. They're all going to be on Iowa. And it's going to be a competition within that, those locker rooms to see who can get called up. So they're going to be trying to pit, outpitch each other, which is absolutely fantastic. If you can create that five aces mentality and just going mm-hmm. out there and trying to outpitch each other, outduel each other, that's going to be nothing but good things for the, for the Cubs minor league system as opposed to where it was before. Let's get guys who just know how to survive just in case the Cubs need somebody. And that's I feel like that's what the mentality was before from from an outsider's perspective. I know like that probably makes a lot of people hurt. Um, <laughs> but but again, I think having that kind of kind of uh, tenacity within your own locker room is only going to make good things. Uh, you know, com- uh, what, what do they say? Iron sharpens iron. I think that's what's that's what's going to happen with the with the arms coming out of the bar minor league system. Yeah, I mean they have so many arms, man. So many. Are you freaking? If if he's if he's ranked higher. Then Ryan Jensen, that gets me hard because I think Ryan Jensen's going to be fucking just a fucking stud. He's been killing it down in South Bend this month. He won uh, minor league pitcher of the month for the Cubs in July. I'm telling you, I, I literally anyone draft anyone that went to like Vanderbilt, <laughs> yeah. literally anyone that went to Vanderbilt. Like I've, yeah, I don't care. Like someone go <laughs> cut, cut Jack Leader so we can sign him too. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, we'll do one more, and this is the last part of the Rizzo trade. I think his name's Kevin Alcantara. He's ranked number 11. He's an outfielder. Uh, he's in rookie ball, 19 years old. Uh, estimated time is 2023. Um, you know, is this, the kid, yeah. is this the kid that's like 6'8? He is 6'6, six, six, 188. Yeah, yeah, only 188 pounds. And they say he's built like a younger Dexter Fowler, Fowler, and uh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. approach, he's closer to 200 pounds now. I don't know, 188. What's his, uh, are you able to pull up his uh, 2080 scale? Uh, yeah, yeah. His hit is 50. His run is 60. His fielding is 55. Power is 55. Arm is 55. And overall is 50. Okay. So I'm trying to think of like what that would equate to. I mean, you're probably looking at 
probably someone who's going to hit like like at his peak 275 hit between 20 and 25 homers mm-hmm. um just a tick below gold glove caliber at his peak on defense i don't know i mean that's yeah. if all all goes well 6618 that's big dude yeah big this year he's had he's been pretty good this year in 13 games like i said in like rookie ball or whatever um 364 442 on base 477 slugging <laughs> Um, again, 13 games, but uh, I assume this one's going to be a while. Um, but a lot, uh, nonetheless, though, another outfield prospect to add because the Cubs have a slew of outfield guys now that they've made these trades. Um, you know, we're having even, you know, a guy like freaking Cole, Cole Rotorer has been, you know, he's been in the system forever. He's going to come up eventually. Brennan Davis, obviously. Um, you know, Pete Crow Armstrong, Can- Canario. Um, Alcantara, Owen Casey, uh, so many other guys, Greg Dykeman, like we just already talked about. There's so many outfielders. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hopefully just get three of them that pan out, man. That's all I'm asking. I'm asking for some of them to just pan out. (laughs) Yeah. If we can get like, uh, I mean, realistically, if we can get like one out of everyone we traded for, if we can get like one role guy. One buddy who's a somebody, who, one person who's a staple, and then one like all star cal- caliber, mm-hmm. and get. I mean, have that be you know be the way it is for the next six years. Then you know we'll be looking back. You know, uh, uh, not saying necessarily that we won, but right. you know we we didn't get fleeced as a lot of the dumbasses are saying. So yeah, I that and that's kind of how I just want to kind of end Cubs here is like. So many people are shitting on Jed Hoyer right now. And I guess this kind of be talk about the like the comments in the radio this week. You know, Jed Hoyer basically said, you know, he's he goes to bed every night, you know, with no regrets. He claims that they tried to get extensions with those guys done. And then, of course, Rizzo and even Bryant yesterday or on Friday, you know, said that, you know, Bryant claims no one came to him about an extension after the 2016 World Series or I think it's the 2016 always- season. Following yeah, spring yeah, yeah. Following spring training, I was. He said that was the last time that they came to him about a contract extension. You know, I don't know what to believe. I want to believe Chris. But I also want to give yeah, Jed the benefit yeah. of a doubt. Also, wanna, Jed, it's not at the time it wasn't even Jed; it was fucking Theo Epstein. So, I, yeah, I, I, I do want to say one thing, and I do. I see a lot of people saying, "Oh, like the players align." So, I don't know if Scott Boris is an actual lawyer, but if you're a lawyer and your client is presented with an offer of contract, you are legally obligated to present that offer to them. If he's not a lawyer and say Theo's like, oh, what do you think about like eight years, 200 or something, just throwing a number out there. Mm-hmm. Scott Borst, if he's not a lawyer, he, he can tell them to go fuck off. He doesn't have yeah. to tell Chris anything. If he's not sure. a lawyer and he, you know, he, he said this is, he's told Theo and Jed and Tom what the threshold is for for re-signing him to an extension and they are not meeting that they can t- he can tell them to eat a buffet of dicks don't come back to me until you meet this number yeah but if he's a lawyer he has to has to offer the same thing for all the representation of these other guys yeah i'm not sure if he is a lawyer not to be honest with you man that's so I'm just uh, saying, like that's that, that that is the you know so just to in order to I would just uh, he's an he's lying, you know right. he's he's an agent that's that's all i can i mean most agents are lawyers, though. That's yeah. the thing. But if he's not. The thing lawyer, is about Scott Boris' clients; they always go into free agency. Yep. So, 
We knew that shit when he got drafted. Yeah. I do think there's some regret from probably more so Theo than Jed because Theo was the guy. But I think just the way that it ended, it is what it is. And again, there's still a chance. I don't know if they're going to listen to offers now after everything that's came out on the radio this past week. I hope that if the right dollar amount is is put out there, that that something happens. I will say this though: I, I, it better be if they do try to. It better be for Bryant or Rizzo. It it just makes no sense to go and get Javi or go back and get Javi Baez. Mets are getting the full Javi Baez experience now, man. They are. They are, man. Did you see the? Did you see? I think I saw you quote tweet the because I replied to it or whatever. Like the. The the mailbag or whatever from New York Post or some shit. It was, it was yeah. SNY. Yeah, yeah SNY. The, the first one was like, what do we have to do to re-sign this guy? And then the other one was like, can we fix his play discipline? Motherfuckers, nope. we've been trying. We've, <laughs> we've been, been trying, trying brother. <laughs> we've been trying. Yeah. Because what he had the big home uh, big home run and then first uh, game he had a home run. Yeah. He had like the he he slid into home base with the classic Javi yeah. you know, swim move or whatever. But then and like the next day went over next day went over five five Ks left nine guys on base. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. Welcome to our yeah. world, guys. Yeah, welcome to our <laughs> world, man. Uh, it, but I'm not surprised that Rizzo was you know playing well, and we'll talk about him a little bit later with the news that came out today. But uh, Bryant's played well, but he also hasn't played every game. I don't blame the Giants for doing that. Got to you know keep the guy fresh. Looks like they're they're the first team to seventy wins today or this year. So like you know they're just trying to get to the postseason at this point, man. And let the and let the you know let let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they overpaid for him because one, that's what the Giants do. Two, they pay be that next pillar. He'd be the next pillar. Yeah, for and the really, franchise. like I said last week, the Giants are fraudulent. Um, like the numbers they're putting up, they set the record for most. Um, uh, multi runs batted in home runs, like mm-hmm. you know, and if that if there's another word to use that, please tell me. But um, and they set that record on August first, mm. with two months left to baseball. So a lot yeah. of that's just fluke baseball. They got guys playing out of their mind. Like Wilmore Flores is like 17 homers this year. Who the fuck? How how is that possible? And it's like guys, look, they're gonna be dog shit. A lot of guys are gonna be dog shit next year. Like yeah. who are yes, Kevin Galman's gonna be an ace again. These guys will regress back to the mean. They'll play like they're supposed to play. Um, but I think they realize that, and then they'll re-sign Bryant um, to kind of bridge the gap between a mediocrity and being good again. Right. All right. Well, uh, we have spent the last, what, <laughs> almost hour talking about the Cubs. We said we'd work on it, but we did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Josh has has entered the stream. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. If he's gonna just whip his dick out and tell us all to suck it because his team's about to sweep the Cubs, whatever, whatever. I would only do that is. if we were on Zoom. Only on Zoom. Well, we're on. We're not on Zoom. But uh, yeah. How's it going, man? How you doing? I know you're feeling probably really good. Whatever. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I probably don't feel as good as some other people here's the thing i don't get too high beating the cubs like i I, i'm not one of those Sox fans who's like it's my lifelong goal to just mash on the cubs i appreciate it like i i'm i don't know man i mean i'm i'm sure people can tell the conversations that we've had on this podcast that like i'm just Mm -hmm. not a cubs hater 
Mm. Like, in fact, I like some of the pieces that the Cubs have currently. Like, I, yeah. I think they can use them. We just um, talked about a slew of them without yeah, you. Yeah, man. And, and, I, and I think, honestly, um, you know, over the next couple of years, you're going to see that front office mold what they believe to be um, a, an exciting future. So there's that. But uh, I'm here to talk White Sox. Look, uh, Tim Anderson gets the day off today. I think it's regardless if he's tired or not, I think it's necessary. I mean, he didn't mm-hmm. look didn't look too good the first, well, the first couple of well, games. I guess in terms of how you're feeling, you lost before before you played the Triple A Cubs, you lost three of four to the Royals. I sure did. How infuriated were you when that happened? Because I feel uh, like that that had to have been very annoying. Dude, I was um the sky was falling actually <laughs> like i i text i have a buddy of mine he's he's a very very short fused guy and he was telling me he's like dude relax like it's just it's we're playing july baseball like you need to chill yeah. out the dog and i'm is. like it's just the kansas city royals man like michael a taylor and jorge soler were just murdering us and uh and salvador perez of course but I thought they um, traded Solaire. They traded Solaire to the Braves. They did, but they did, but I'm pretty sure it was after we played them. Didn't they just play the Royals like this week though? This is after the trade deadline, man. Dude, I don't even know what day it is. Um, <laughs> I'm I, Tommy, kidding. I'm right on this, right? He hit a home run for the uh, he, for the for Braves the against the Cardinals you are, this you, week. You are yeah, you are correct. I'm look I'm just trying to find the schedule to see what games Josh is talking about here. Because I know they played the Royal. Oh, so bro, yeah, we we they, I'm talking they, about the time when we played them in yeah. Kansas City. So Cody, they played oh, on okay. the 26th through the 29th as well. Because I knew they had they played them seven times. Yeah, so that that series Josh is talking about, where they lost okay. three out of four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That extra inning game was rough too, because like for that series, it, well, I don't know if it was a 10 or 11, but it was like, man, you guys like had. Uh, would you guys have like seven or eight guys left on base during the game? And it was like, man, yeah, you guys just a blooper, a blooper on the game for you guys. Yeah. 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 I mean, those games are tough, but honestly, I mean, if, if you ask me like, okay, broad stroke, like we're, we're nearing the end of the season. How you feeling? Um, I feel good, but I would feel better if this offense showed some consistent life. Yeah, I we were. It was so unfortunate that you couldn't be part of the show last week because your internet was fucking shit. I was excited <laughs> yeah. to act. I was excited to talk to you about the returns. Cesar Hernandez is obviously showing that he's been a nice addition this weekend. Just mm-hmm. fucking put a bullet in my head. Uh, Craig Kimbrell outside of Friday, he's been <laughs> solid. Um, you know, like I, I think. You, you know, we I was big on the Adam Frazier trade or train, but mm-hmm. Cesar Hernandez ain't bad. And you got him from a team in your division too. I I don't know. Like that to me, that's a win. Um and a solid, solid second baseman. But yeah, I mean, I think once Eloy gets going, because he's struggled since coming back, but he's just got to get his timing right. Yep. Like his timing yeah. isn't there. So um I think that's you know, I, I think wins and losses, they matter, obviously, but they don't matter as much. You got to get make sure your guys are good by the end of September. Yeah, I mean, I, I think right now, um, it, I think it's hard right now for, for Sox fans because we're not used to having a 10.5 game lead in August. <laughs> Uncharted territory. Yeah, yeah, like we don't really know what to do. So anytime we lose, it's like the, the world's ending. And it's like, well, it's really <laughs> not. Like anytime the Indians lose, it's basically a win because yeah. 
the only yeah. the only other team in the division that's actually playing good baseball right now is the Tigers. Yeah. Um, and and I, they're I, I, I think I, five games. They're not good. Wow, they're <laughs> here's here's where I would be. I wouldn't say nervous, but these games in August coming up are going to matter for a couple reasons. But you so after this series, I think you guys got Minnesota, so you should that shouldn't be an issue. But then you got like the Yankees, the A's, uh, they had the uh, Rays and Blue Jays, all consecutive games. And all those teams are fighting and clawing and they're selling out to win their division. And the White Sox are going to be one of the teams in their way. So the, the one fear is that you can't – it wouldn't necessarily mean like be bad in the sense that if you were to get your shit rocked, it's not like you're in fear of – being knocked out of the division lead, it's yeah. that you're going to have to face these teams in October, and these are almost a measuring stick type of game where, you know, you can qualify it as, oh, well, you know, it's the dog days, it's August, you know, we kept a guy in a little too long or kept, you know, pulled him short or, you know, so-and-so is struggling. But I, I think there is an element of, like, being able to measure, even if you're successful, like, okay, we can handle this kind of competitive baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think one thing that might be tough for for not necessarily the actual staff because I think they have a good grasp on things, but but fans in general, and I sort of struggle with this every once in a while too. Like, if we were to play, you know, I I, I don't like to throw the measuring stick talk out there unless we're very very close to full strength. Like, if we had everybody back but Yasmani Grandal, because it sounds like Luis Roberts back. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like he'll be. It sounds like he'll be back on Monday. Um, but if, if saw him running the bases, yeah, like well, that's I'm talking Luis Robert though. Oh, yeah, Monty Grandal is probably more toward middle end of August because he's just kind of running, testing it out. But that's what I mean. Like if you know, if we lose two of three to the Yankees, um, and who knows, Anthony Rizzo, I don't know what's going on with him. I know he tested positive for COVID, so who knows how long he'll be out. But regardless, they're they're an improved team. So if you lose two or three, but you're in every single game, and then it's like you can make a case. Like I think we can, sure. you know, we can, we'll be fine because if you know we get Yasmani back, we'll have better command behind the plate and a better bat in the lineup. I think you can, you can make that case. I just think before um, how we talked about like the measuring stick games of like playing the Rays and the Astros, it's like well we were, I mean we we're pretty depleted. Like we were basically, right. you know, we were sixty percent, sometimes even less. So. Um, but regardless, man, I, I know that, um, there's some concern with like, just the fact that we're just not hitting the baseball. Um, yeah. And especially with runners in scoring position, it's that tough, was big man. on Friday. There's a lot, you know, I, me and Tommy were talking, when we were talking Cubs. I was like, the win for the Cubs this weekend was that they got three hits off Craig Kimbrell and, <laughs> yeah. That game honestly shouldn't have been close if the, if the White I just, Sox just, I just would have tell got you, hits. I just want to tell you that that three-run homer was so deflating to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? No, oh, my God. Dude, because, because here's the thing. Here's, I was here's, laughing my ass off, yeah. but, like, I looked where, like – Go ahead. Here's sorry. where it gets me is, be, again, we talked about uncharted territory. I don't know how to act – with a team that can score runs late and win baseball games. Like I haven't had that since 2005. So when Kimbrell gives up the game tying Homer and 
I'm like, seriously, I'm like, we're just going to lose. Like the game's over now at this point. Like <laughs> I know it's tied, but we're about to lose this game. Yeah. And uh, and then we come back and win. And I was like, what am I, what's wrong with me? Like, seriously, yeah. what is wrong with the way yeah. I think? Yeah. First of all, Andrew Romine, never a doubt. Um, <laughs> build the statue. I'm with you. Build I the love, statue, I, man. I love all the Cubs fans just embracing the suck right now. I, Hell yeah. What else I are we going to do, man? It. Like there was a lot of pain last weekend, but like what else do we have left? Like yeah. me and Tommy talked about it. It's just kind of like there we we lose a game and we feel nothing. Like the yeah. first time in seven years, we just don't really have a care in the world. This is like, like the spin zone. this is like those those after parties where you know you got home from just like the time of your life at the bar, and you're just vibing out with your boys. You get to the after party. The after party's just absolutely popping. And then, like, everyone left except for, like, the three passed out people on the couch and, like, you and your other buddy are just barely awake. But then you have that three-foot-high boombox speaker blasting music just vibing to some Link-182. That's us <laughs> right now. That's Cubs fans. Like, party's, party's clearly over, but we're still vibing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're just, awful. you know, whatever. Um, I like Alzale's start yesterday. Yeah, I saw I your did. tweet about Yon Mankata. I I – that wasn't a bad bet. He hit a double, right? But it, and it wasn't Dude, it a went home off run. The wall. Yeah, but he Alzale's big. His big problem all season has been against yeah. left-handed hitters. Dude, I tweeted out the stats. I tweeted out the stats. Can we talk for just a second about tweets that just completely flop, and you have no no idea why? Because <laughs> uh, I tweet, I saw nothing about Albert Alzale's splits. Absolutely yeah. nothing. So I was like, okay, perfect opportunity. Let me tweet these out. 19 home runs against left-handers this year, yep. four against righties. It's a very much talk thing, talked about thing on Cubs Twitter, but – 37 yeah, of Sox his Twitter, 50 sure. runs before yesterday's start were against left-handed hitters. I tweeted yeah. that thing out, and I'm sitting back, and I'm going, just let the engagement roll in. I don't even – it's fine. I will, I'll, You know what? I'll mute my phone just so it doesn't go off too crazy. <laughs> One favorite. I'm like, oh, okay, one like. That was like, me. Yes, it was you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I was with you. I was like, yeah, this is good stuff because this is something we've been talking about for a while on Cubs Twitter. And, like, it's yeah. the one thing that Albert Alzelay needs to improve on going into next year. Um, he gave up the the double or whatever to Mankata, and then he was good the rest of the game, though. Oh, I mean, man. it what, six and two-thirds against that lineup? I, yeah, I was – there were, again – all we have left for Cubs fans is just moral victories. We'll see Alzelay get better, uh, get deeper into games. Yeah. Looking forward to see Justin Steele, whatever. Now, if I'm a Sox fan, though, like, yeah, runners in scoring position, like, that's that's the thing right now that I'm like, how do yikes. You, how do you feel about um, how do you feel about all the all the Sox fans just overreacting and uh, saying that we need to fight? We need to fight. We need to fire Frank Menachino, our hitting coach. It sounds like a similar thing that Cubs Twitter does when they were like when the Cubs were good and like if and we're not hitting a lot of people were a lot of people were very much out on uh, who was the guy in 2018 uh, Tommy Chili Davis Chili Davis. Chili Davis yeah a lot of people what, were out what's on Chili Davis do all he did was turn uh, turn Pete Alonso and uh, whatever that second baseman is Jeff Francoeur looking motherfucker into was it John, Jeff McNeil or whatever Jeff McNeil the two yeah. best hitters in baseball it's whatever. <laughs> not bitter well, about it the reason i bring that up is because i'm pretty sure his first season was last year like i'm pretty sure frank Menachino took took over for um mm -hmm. uh what's his nuts i don't even remember his name but um he like everybody was hitting last year and 
you know, they're like, oh, this is great. Frank was a great hire. This is awesome. And then, like, we kind of struggle. We, it's very true. Our, our offense The first thing that fans do, they're always going to blame the coach first for yeah. whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, I just think baseball is just – like, that just shows just – how unpredictable and how unique it is, right? Like well, I don't the Cubs think in 16, understand. they had so many guys break out in 16. Like, yeah. essentially, like you didn't think Brian Goodwin was going to be Brian <laughs> Goodwin for the Sox <laughs> right. this year, right? So, like, right. you got to give and take. Like, you're taking what you're getting out of Brian Goodwin in the big moments, right? But baseball gods are taking away, oh, this guy's struggling right now. You know what well, I mean? It, I I do see some talk, and I you know I don't know how much to put into this with the White Sox, but a lot of people are talking about how Moncada hasn't been the same since he got COVID. Yeah, I don't well, know how true that is. I haven't been paying attention to his numbers, but he's talked about like pretty much all of last year, and and even into spring training this season. I think in the beginning of the of this year too. Um, he was talking about like his legs just weren't there. Like he, he just feel felt off, like not, you know, not as strong as he, as he normally felt before COVID. Um, the thing is, dude, is like, Yo Mokata is a, still a very serviceable third base. Like I don't, there, there's like, I, I was guilty. Cause I, I tweeted out, like he was like, Oh, for his last 21. And I was like, Jesus, like, just put, put Jake Lamb in, like, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then one of my buddies uh, quoted that tweet after he hit that two-run double because I I tweeted out the highlight, mm. and he was like, "Look at look what you said yesterday." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, I'm I'm a bipolar and ridiculous <laughs> baseball fan. I don't know, that, that's the beauty, dude. That is the beauty of baseball is that you can yeah. rip a guy for five days straight and then bow to him when he hits a three-run right. Ball. See, it's I was like that with Javi Baez. Like I would shit on Javi Baez like three out of five days a week, but then he'll have a big hit and get the Cubs a win and then I look like a dumbass. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> then you look at like the you know the grand scheme and this like the large sample of numbers and it's like and I wasn't exactly wrong about some of the shit mm, I right. said, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. think Mancada He's a nice player, but I think you're definitely expecting more out of him. I agree. I agree. So. I mean, I, I think uh, the, the last thing I'll say about Moncada, and, and really this is the last point I have, is um, I think it's okay. We need to be okay with leaning on our pitching staff. Like, I feel like we always want to just score 20 runs a game and, mm-hmm. and win 20 to nothing. And the fact of the matter is, is I think the, the front office has realized that this team might not score nine, 10 runs a game in the playoffs. Like that's not a realistic thought. So they bolstered the bullpen to reflect we're going to play close games. Mm. And that's what they did. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like the bullpen again, baseball is so fucking weird. Andrew Romine fucking three run shot off Craig Kimbrell getting three hits off Craig Kimbrell with that lineup. Yeah. That's like again. I would have I would have put the W up myself if they would have <laughs> let me put the W up after the game, even though they lost. I would have put it up because getting three hits off Craig Kimbrell this twenty twenty one Craig Kimbrell is insane, absolutely insane. So, you know, it is what it is, man. I will like, say the last he, thing he's too. gonna be. He, in, in my personal opinion, I think he should be the closer. They used him as the eighth inning guy or whatever. I think he should be the closer. I think he's better than Liam Hendricks, and maybe that's a little bit of bias for me. And may I know Liam Hendricks has been the closer all season for the Sox, but I don't know, man. I this we're talking about a Hall of Fame pitcher right here. 
Did he freeze? Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, we lost Josh. What is up with his what is up with his internet, man? What is up with his internet? Let me be Josh for a second. You know what, Cody? You're you're completely wrong. We (laughs) the Cubs fleeced us. We got Boston Red Sox Craig Kimbrell. He's gonna blow every game, and the Red Sox or the White Sox are gonna not make the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) He's gone. He's out of here. He's gone. He's out. God damn. Um well uh what a run, folks. <laughs> what a run. What a run that was. Um, we'll we'll check in on Josh next week. Hopefully his internet's better. Um Tommy here I am I am absolutely ready. Uh if well before actually, is is there anything else about the socks that we need to mention? Well, I think we talked about no, it. No, I mean really we didn't talk enough about them. I think we talked you know, in about it. In all seriousness, minutes, if but. if they can if they can if their rotation can pitch six innings and give them a quality start of two to three runs. Um, and the Sox can have a lead or be tied after six innings with the final three innings going to that bullpen, make it a six inning game and just be lights out like they, like they should be. I don't see a reason why they shouldn't have success towards the back end of the season and, 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 and make a run uh, deep into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I agree. And, there's still a lot of baseball left. There's time for their offense to, you know, get together and be rolling on all cylinders by the end of the year. But yeah, right now the runners like they they really should have just murdered the Cubs on Friday, even though Kyle Hendricks pitched. Uh, the umpire kind of fucked them a little bit, but that umpire was terrible Friday, um, all around. Um, yesterday, an easy four to nothing win. They're gonna Zach Davies against that team tonight. Oh boy, just just. There's going to be a few balls hit off the freaking score. Yeah, I don't get why people were not happy with me thinking Zach Davies sucked. I he fucking sucks at baseball. Yeah, uh, I, I I guess I I I didn't think you were wrong. It was more of just like I guess I had more optimism that he was at least going to be a solid three or four starter because I mean he basically was for the Brewers and he was for the Padres. Didn't ask for twenty wins or anything and just asked for a solid innings eater. He's, he's a, again, he is whatever. He went through he's, like a month long stretch where he was that guy. Yeah. And then I, like before and after, he's yeah, terrible. Yeah. He's, the, I would, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would probably guess this is probably his worst season, which is not good for him in free agency. So I do wish the Cubs would have just got moved him for something, but whatever. All right. Are you, are you ready to, to talk to the man, the myth, the legend? Big Dave. Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, we are now joined by our good, good friend, reoccurring guest, uh, Big Dave. He's a man of many things. Um, If you look at his Twitter bio, I don't know what to say first, but I do know he just recently joined our good friend, Matt Peck, as a co-host of Lockdown Bulls. Um, he does a bunch of other stuff. You go follow him at ball sports, uh, B A W L sports. Uh, Dave, I hope I did that really good for you. Um, how's it going? <laughs> Hi, glad to have you here, man. Um, to talk bulls. Cause this is a hell of a week. It is. It, it's a lot going on. First of all, hello. Hi, how y'all doing? man? I'm, I'm great. I'm doing What's wonderful. Up, um, I'm so, I'm very sorry about y'all cups. Um, I know that's hard. I know that's tough. Bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I yeah. am. I'm. I'm sorry, yeah. bro. Like that. I appreciate. That the, I appreciate that. Yeah. That sucks, man. <laughs> but I, uh, that sucks. I've been there, so I, I. I understand. Um. Yeah. But yeah, everything's been good. Uh, I do do a lot. Uh, and I wish I could do more. And <laughs> yeah, but I'm just you know, y'all know me, man. This is just me oh, all yeah. the time. So you know, I'm good. I'm good though. Yeah. I- I want to I want to start off by asking you because you probably saw I mean for the past three years especially but the last year more so than ever was me on Twitter just slobbering over you know if it wasn't Kofi Cockburn it was Iowa Sumer at Illinois and then watching the draft thinking there's no shot in hell that we're gonna get them and we're just watching the picks come in and then I see the smallest of Woj bombs saying that the 37th pick is in and it's not Iota Sumu and the Bulls are up and they're looking at my guard slash guard in Illinois and pick him. I lost my shit. I mean, obviously my favorite player from my favorite college team going to my favorite NBA team. I drive past Morgan Park High School every single day on my way to work. Mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely love the pick but I'm incredibly biased. I just want to get your opinion and what your thoughts are and maybe how he's going to fit with this team. Oh, man. You know, it's funny because I found out – I was on vacation when the draft was going mm-hmm. on. And so I really was off the grid. Like, I wasn't paying attention to anything. But and then the last second I said, oh, yeah, the draft. Let me look and see where they're at. And I saw they were on, like, the 30th pick. Mm-hmm. And I was, and then my other initial thought was, where did Io go? Because I just assumed he was gone. I was like, yeah. he's out. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, where did he go? And I was like, he's still available. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I was like, well, he'll probably be gone by like 32. You know, it, right. it didn't even cross right. my mind. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if he got on? I was like, nah, that ain't going to happen. Okay. <laughs> then I went on about my night. And then I looked probably like an hour later and saw they had him. And I said, what? And the people I was <laughs> with. The people I was with are not sports people, you know, <laughs> and, I'm just yeah. oh, yeah. and I'm freaking out, you know, and I'm like, yo, y'all don't get it. Like, this is crazy right now. Like, yo, they got, oh, yo, they got the whole town. They're like, okay, Dave. Okay. All right. We get it. Sit down. It's a restaurant. Relax. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, yo, drinks for everybody. I don't care. I'm not paying for it. Yeah. I'm not paying for it, but drinks for everybody. But yeah, I, Illinois, but I like you. Illinois is my favorite uh, college team also. Uh, they have been all my life. Um, so I was very happy because I really like him. Like, let me talk about the ball player first, but yeah, he can play. Like, the dude is really good. Mm-hmm. I love his work ethic and I love his skill on the court because one, he in transition, he's close to unstoppable. Like, it's mm-hmm. hard to stop this man. Um, in, on the defensive end, like he is a problem. Like yeah. he's one of the few people I've seen play who can guard a pick and roll, which is probably the hardest thing to guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He he will stick to that guard when they try to run that pick. And I don't know how he does it, but it's super impressive. Um, so yeah, he's a problem on the defensive end. He's worked on his shot. I believe he got to 38% from the three-point line, and I believe it was like 36 from on the catch and shoot, too. So mm-hmm. he he really worked on that because he was nothing like that his freshman year. Oh so yeah, it, it was. It, you didn't want right. him touching the ball on the perimeter. It right, was like right. it to the hole or pass it. It was yeah, exactly, exactly. And the other thing that impressed me about him was, of course, the assists went up because I believe he averaged about what like five assists a game because of that. Mm-hmm. And people were like, "Well, you know, it's because you know he had a dominant big, you know, and Kofi and all that." And I was like, "Gee, I wonder if he could only he go to a team with a really good center that he could pass to." <laughs> oh yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> he did. He's here. Yeah, He's now with Boots. 
<laughs> so that makes it a little easier for him in his transition, you know what I'm saying, as far as his passing mm-hmm. and things like that is concerned. And people worrying about him playing point guard, he literally has an award saying I was the best point guard in college. <laughs> like he has an award to say that. You know what I mean? I remember when John yeah. Moran won it. He's like, got the hardware. He's got hardware. So and reading guys like David Aldrich and people like that, David Aldrich was, was like, I was talking to uh GMs and they were very shocked that nobody was really high on him. They were shocked. Like, why is he even in the second round? So mm-hmm. I understand there are there are things you know he needs to work on for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, creating his own shot, things like that. His form, maybe he might want to change a little bit. I don't know, but is you got first round talent in the second round, so that's a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is a W mm-hmm. for the Bulls, and he's a combo guard because he's six five, so he's right. long, and he wants to be better. Like he really wants to be great, and you've seen that as I just mentioned from his freshman year on down to his junior. He got better and better to the point he was the best in college. So. It says a lot about him and his work ethic and how hard he works. So I can't wait to watch him in summer league and just see that growth and let him trying to find a way where he fits in on his team. Yeah. So and I'm it, excited and about not, it. I am. It's not like he's going to a team where he's going to need to be the guy either. Correct. Like he can, he can still work hard and learn like, and, and learn the day, the ins and outs of the NBA and how to develop his own game without the pressure of, you know, I got to go up, put, you know, 15, 10, and 5 every single night just to help us get a win. I can work on my own stuff and help contribute off the bench for this team. Yeah, that's very true, man. And that's great for a rookie coming in and great for a second rounder coming in. And and then he's coming into a situation where he can be around other guards that are good in this league that he can learn from. So that's very important too. And just being around great players also helps you. And like I said, being around Vooch is really going to help him. But I think he's really going to try to make his bones on the defensive end because that's the one side of his game that needs no work, really. Um, yeah. he, he really is excellent at that. He might get caught on a, on a few plays. You know, he might slack or something like that. That's rookie stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's stuff he can easily fix yeah. uh, just with yeah. work and things like that. But, yeah, man, I think he's got a spot on his team. Uh, and, yeah, I think you'll see him. But defensive end is where I think he'll really shine. And everything else, like transition, and and how he runs and things like that will will come. So I, I yeah, I, mean, I think it'd be good. Being for him. being paired with Lonzo Ball, who's one of the better transition point guards in the league, too. That ain't gonna Correct. that ain't gonna hurt him learning from him. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it will not. I it just like not, to man. point out AK and Mark Eversley in the second round. I mean, or at least AK's in historically the second round's been mm-hmm. very good. So I mean, I mm-hmm. I uh, I don't know how much he's gonna play right away, but I think as the season goes forward, he will have a bigger impact on the team than what, what people might expect. You know, especially when you talk about load management and stuff like that mm-hmm. in today's game. I, I I think if – see, I'm someone who thinks over-optimistically about the Bulls, and I think they can be as high as a three seed next year. Ooh. And they're going to – but obviously they will need a lot of stuff to go right. I think yeah. Zach Levine would have to go – like he's already like a – obviously a star player, all-star, but like he would have to go to that next level, like superstar level, like be in the MVP race, I think, for them to be in like the three seed level. True. We're, that's still yet to be seen, but like I think the potential is there. And, you know, adding a guy like Lonzo Ball, who I'm interested in your thoughts because especially with this whole tampering thing now, I'm just hoping <laughs> that it doesn't fall apart or like the the, the sign and trade doesn't change completely. Um, 
because I, I I think I mean everyone's been talking about Lonzo Ball to the Bulls for like the last year. It was like the one thing yeah. that Bulls tw- all of Bulls Twitter was correct about, man. Right, like for <laughs> the first time. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. I, I've been wanting I've been wanting Lonzo honestly since he was on the Lakers. I would yeah. always be like, man, I see the fit. Like I I saw the fit, and because we just haven't had a point guard since Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Chicago Bulls. And even before Derrick Rose, we weren't like a point guard dominant team because, you know, we had the greatest player right. of all time. So we weren't just like a point guard dominant team, you know, not no disrespect to Kurt or anything like that. It just wasn't <laughs> a point guard dominant team or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause even Ben Gordon right. being that size, he still was a two. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't dominant and dependent on your great point guard play. So mm-hmm. Lonzo just checks all the boxes that this team truly needs. Uh, definitely a facilitator for sure. Definitely, uh, you mentioned, you know, in transition, he's going to be amazing. We're finally going to actually see athletes. And I'm just really happy about that. I'm actually going to see alley-oops, you know what right. I mean? Like from, from half court, like the most simplest of things I'm, I'm excited about, you know, like I'm going to, wow, I get to see a no-look pass. You know what I mean? Like, wow, yeah. that's crazy. I can't believe basketball it. for 48 minutes. Right, you're right, exactly. Just grinded exactly. out basketball. <laughs> style, man. Like, just, just like grind you know. it, grind it. Just like, uh, it's like, it's like every W was like painful to watch, but you, you're just happy you won that day. But you feel like you put yeah. like eight hours of work into it. Like yes, two hours. Yes. Like, why am I sweating? Why am I sweating? Right. This, is crazy. Like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And why do my knees hurt? Like, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But ha- no. having a guy like that, um, a point guard like that who who knows where everybody needs to be and his IQ is what I've always loved about him more so than you know his size you know facility his IQ is always what I've really loved about him because he knows where everybody needs to be if you just let him play his game he'll find you and because he's not looking for himself he's very unselfish basketball player now the thing that I also liked about him again like like I just talked about Io is he worked on his shot because he did not have a shot when he walked in into this league. Now this dude, yeah. you have to respect him. He's like 37%, 38% from three. You have to respect that now. Like you can't, and he's going to get a lot of wide open shots, uh, especially with the starting five that they have, because yeah. when they start double teaming, somebody's going to be open and it's going to yeah. be him. And his catch and shoot uh, percentage was really, really high. It was really good. So yeah, I'm excited that that he's here, man. He's he's just what they need. He's He's been what they needed for the past few years as far as a, a true point guard. So I'm I'm excited to see it. Uh, the last time they really had a true point guard was like Rondo, and they and they still went to the playoffs, and he was you know over the hill with it. You know what I mean? But yeah, they still went to it because that's all you really need right now in, the, in this league. You need a point guard. Like that is the number one thing you need in this league. You need a point guard. You have to have it. And so now that they have that, and they and they solidified it, and he plays defense. He's one of the best under on ball defenders in in, league, in the league. Also. It's good. Like all this is good. Like right. I see why you're so excited about them being a three seed. Like especially hearing me say this stuff too. So I but get it. Another, I get what you. Another thing, you know, I mentioned Zach Levine, but with all like with Lonzo Ball, like with the way that his contract sets up, it could be similar to how Zach Levine's plays out. Like True. he could play better to get even bigger payday. You know, yeah. over the next four years. So if you get like if he takes another step in his career. And then, like I said, Zach turns into a super superstar. I mean, there's a lot of factors have to play in, obviously. And right, with right. the roster that it is right now, and it's on paper, and we're sitting here in the offseason still with two two months to wait. Yeah, it doesn't look like a team that can go to the NBA Finals. But 
Guys get better. Patrick Williams is going to get better. Vooch is still mm. one of the best centers in the league. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, a solid defender, solid, you know, so, like a solid, like veteran that you want around your young guys, uh, mm. you know, and, and Alex Caruso and all like they're building mm-hmm. a team and all it's going to take is some like time and games to play. And I feel like people will feel completely different about that team come next summer or next spring, whatever, than right now. Um, and I feel like we see that every year, like everyone, like last year, everyone said that the Bucks weren't going to that like it wasn't going to work out with what with, with drew holiday and and, yeah. and and all that and they just won the nba championship you know what i mean so like it's i think a lot of things have to play out obviously but the potential is certainly there man no i agree the potential is there um and one and one more thing about lonzo he's 24 like right. he's 24 yeah. years old man so that's crazy you know what i mean like he's got time yeah. this is great uh, all the moves they made they went from basically being the youngest team in the league to right in the middle of the pack now you know what i mean and mm. com- it's the right combination of youth and you know veteran you know what i mean and getting a guy like demar DeRozan, who's who's a star um mm. i loved it so much because one i wasn't ex- i wasn't expecting it until they said we we're we're looking at him as soon as they said they were looking at him i said they're gonna get him because i haven't there seen you. ak and <laughs> i haven't seen them not get what they want yet Right. Everything they yeah. said they were going to do, they've mm-hmm. done it. Every single thing from the coach <laughs> on down to the people they let go to everything. Everything they said they were going to do, they have literally done it. So when they've got DeMar, and I'm thinking about the fit now on this team, and now you have a – because after you got Lonzo, the next thing that you needed was a wing. And then they got one of the best wings in the league because even mm-hmm. though he's a, you know, what, 10, 12-year veteran, uh, I believe 10, 10 years. Um, yeah. he's, He just averaged like over 20 a game. He's still shooting 50% from the field. I watched him drop 52 last year, and he had like seven assists a game. Like, that's his whole game. And then you have a guy who's mid-range dominant. And in the playoffs, you need that. The Bucks showed you with Chris Middleton, you're going to yeah. need a mid-range guy because at some point in time, somebody just has to get a bucket. And he's yeah. the other shot creator. You had no shot creator outside of Zach Levine and Kobe White, but Kobe White shot creation isn't as great. It's more so three-point dominant. Ain't nobody stopping DeMar DeRozan. You, you've seen it. Like, he's been getting buckets his whole life. That's what he does. His he gets whole buckets. Career, yeah. His whole mm-hmm. career, he gets buckets. The only thing I didn't like him about it is he, I never thought he was a great number one. Here, he don't have to be that. <laughs> he don't have to be the number one. He don't even have to be two. He could be three. You could have Vooch running the two. You know what I mean? Vooch could be your second guy and just have DeMar running the third. And then... When Zach and Vooch go to the bench, that's DeMar right there with the, with right. the bench players. And DeMar can just run that for the rest of the time. So I just love the mix of it, man. Like, it just makes all logical basketball sense. Like, I don't have to speak from a dominant yeah. position of hope. I, I can actually miss, like the Denzel 35-foot right. pull-ups with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Bro, I was watching that today. I was watching that today just, just reminiscing and laughing. I just laughed so much like, I mean, God, he's terrible. This the Kobe White reaction to that was just the absolute best. <laughs> just like hands just on the knees and over. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're done. They, that's our, the game. They were like, we're done. We're done. Our, pro, our, our producer, our producer of this podcast, we – when we did the show right out like the week after that game or whatever, like the pod afterward after that game, we he was just like, Who is Denzel Valentine and why is he on my basketball team? 
<laughs> like he he went on like a 10 minute rant about him <laughs> like <laughs> just about that play in general like oh my god like i'm so glad those days are past as long as as even though as as funny as it was as funny mm-hmm. as the felicio days uh, or as, oh. as funny as, as as watching felicio was and like paul zipser like i love oh. the graphics oh. that i've seen over the last week of like old bulls Jesus. lineups of the last like five years like oh yeah as funny yeah. as they are as funny as they are man i'm so glad they're gone man i'm like Dude. i'm so excited for the uc to get back to like when d rose was here like i feel like i can get yes. back to that level really quick man mm-hmm. really quick yeah yeah chicago deserves that like the united center deserves it because bulls fans are loyal like you said we yeah. sat through those lineups like mm-hmm. i watched Dwayne selden jr you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I, I've watched Walter Lemon. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I watched. Oh you know yeah. what I mean? I watched these. I watched Jakar Sampson. You know what I'm saying? Like I watched this. Though it was still like, man. You know, maybe if he could score, you know, 15, we might have a chance. You know what I'm saying? Like you're still <laughs> yeah. thinking that in your head, even though you know your soul is telling you these are dark days, man. <laughs> these are dark times. So <laughs> dark days, brother. Yeah, man. Dark it, days. It was tough. It was tough. But yeah. yeah, it's it just feels good to actually be mm. talked about on a national level and we're not the butt of a joke anymore. You know what I mean? Like teams are like, you're good. And like the biggest thing is like, even during the Derrick Rose years, the Bulls front office couldn't get free agents. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be remembered forever about Gar Pax. I mean, I, I don't blame Gar Pax for everything that went wrong during their tenure, but that was the one mainstay is like, Carlos Boozer was like the main guy they ever paid a ton of money to. It really didn't work out. It worked out for like a year and a half, maybe, I guess, maybe two years, mm-hmm. whatever. We can get technical if you want to, but you know what I mean. Like, AK in just one year went out and just bought like guys that wanted Fuck to come to the team. Picks, man. Like, get rid yeah. of them. Like, it was insane. Right, right. It was insane. <laughs> like, we, it, we haven't seen anything like this since Jordan. In which I was a child then, so I've never seen anything mm-hmm. like this. You know what I mean? Mm. It's awesome. No, I get it's it. Unbelievable. <laughs> I get it, man. And I'm just happy people actually get to see competency now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just you don't you don't get to see. Oh, I don't have to watch Felicio anymore. I can't tell you how good that feels. <laughs> I don't have to look at that anymore, and I get to just look at real competent basketball with a real legitimate competent coach and a real legitimate competent front office, and it's my team. And I haven't, I just, well, I just haven't had that for almost five years. Right. I just haven't had that. So it just right. feels good, man. feels good. At this point, I mean, again, I, I, I said it earlier, you know, there's a lot to play out still, but like, where, True. where do you realistically envision them by the end of the regular season next year? Um, if, if I go by your metric, if everything works out and they get some help and they do all that, the highest I had them is at a four seed. Uh, that's the if everything just works out perfectly. I still have to see mm-hmm. the rest of the roster and how you know it's going to be filled out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm still gonna take the safe route. I'm gonna say fifth, just if they were like that, it's just playing. I still think they are a good five C, five, maybe six, but I mm-hmm. think they can be that. But it just feels because I remember last year where the play in game was the goal, and now the play in game is the bare minimum. So yeah, I floor. like that right. that yeah. has changed, right? right? That's the floor, right? I like that change mm-hmm. right there. And now we're talking about five, four, you know, even you're talking about three seeds, like, and they're not insane anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like an insane thought or idea. So yeah, the amount they, of times over the last 
Yeah, over the the amount of times over the last like two or three years, and I have talked myself into thinking that the Bulls could be a five seed, and then they just really suck is just ridiculous. I was I was there to bring him back to earth. <laughs> I, I, was just I appreciate like, you. What are you I thinking? What are you thinking, Cody? <laughs> I, again, like I said, I'm an optimistic Bulls fan, and it it's stupid, but I I think we can actually be optimist, optimistic finally, man. So it's it's beautiful You're to right. see. Um, yeah. I got to bring up this guy's comment. Uh, TK Harris, seventy six. Um, okay. He says, I blame Gar Pax because I didn't even know there was an, an option to operate above till this summer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think, I that's, I, I kind of agree, man. We never thought we could see something like we could see the Bulls franchise operate like this. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. awesome. It's, it's, a, it it's something like, and all it took was John Paxson to say, Hey guys, I think it's I think my time is done here. Like, yeah, sorry, thanks, sorry. John. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry guys. I I just don't have it in me anymore. And then yeah. they went and got and when it did everything right. And you bring in the guy because you guys mentioned the low draft picks, and like you said, like AK is has that's his track record. Like late first round, second round is where he finds the gems. Like mm. all all I had to know was he was he had a hand in getting Jokic here. And you know what I'm saying? That's all you need yeah. to know. Like right. this is an MVP. Yeah. In the second round, yeah. like that's all I need to know. I was like, "Yep, you do whatever you want." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, draft whoever you want. I'm with it. So it just yeah. shows you he's not nonsensical. He knows what he's doing. Right. Beyond, I, uh, go ahead. Beyond just getting like a, a rim protector, because we all saw the tweets about about Javal McGee. Yeah. I mean, it, are, are there any other like rim protectors you think we should go get, or is there like another piece you think we're missing that could just solidify us like one through ten? Well, one of my well, I saw they they did go get uh Tony Bradley, uh yeah. center from uh, OKC. He's yeah. I remember when he beat up uh Wendell Carter Jr. last year when he played <laughs> and I still that that was just crazy. But he can yeah. he can he's he knows he's he knows he's tall and he knows he's big and he's a rim protector who shoots a high percentage cuz he just get dunks and layups all day. Right. And he doesn't he doesn't foul a lot cuz if you look at his numbers, he which were pretty solid. He was doing all that in under 20 minutes. So I, I like the move because, you know, he's young and he's tall and he knows he's tall. I like guys that know they're tall because uh, some people don't know they're tall. Larry Markman. Yeah. Um, but right, me, personally, yeah. <laughs> me personally, yeah, me personally, I love I love goons on a team. I think every team has to have a goon to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they're missing that. And. I like my goons big and, you know, going inside and getting rebounds and and just, you know, four points, a few rebounds and use all six of your fouls. Right. And, yeah. and <laughs> so I'm looking at when I was looking at free agency, nobody really stood out to me except for like maybe Paul Millsap, you know, a mm-hmm. guy like that, because, you know, he's definitely on the last leg of his career. Yeah. But he is somebody that AK had a hand in drafting. Um, and, you know, he's a great player and he's he's a tough guy. And I think he would be just nice to have, you know what I mean? As far as, you know, just a tone setter for the right. team. Like they're, they're going to come in and try to push around this team. You know what I mean? They're going to challenge them and wonder how tough they are. Like, that's just what it is. You're going to get that. So I like having a goon on your team to say, no, nah, you're not going to do that to us. So I, I think they get that and I'll, and I'll be, yeah, I'll be ready to go. Um, I'm interested about Patrick Williams you know, mm-hmm. now he has good basketball players around him, not just yeah. Zach Levine and, you know, Kobe White and maybe a few other guys, Vucevic. 
but like a full good team around him. How much mm-hmm. do you think this this help his development in like in jumping into another level this year? I know like last year he started off like I remember in preseason people were really excited about him and, and he was mm-hmm. solid for you he know was. the first you know half of the year and then he really hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Um but like I I still have a lot of belief in him that you know he's like on that Kawhi tra- trajectory, you know. Um, where do you like, what, what do you think about like where he sits? Like, I, he's going to like, he's not, are they even going to run plays for him? Like, like, I feel like he's just going to be a guy who, you know, is getting boards, bringing the ball up the court, trying to facilitate a little bit. Cause he showed last mm-hmm. year, you can do a little bit of that, you know, corner threes, um, and maybe a little bit more. I don't know. Like, but he, he has uh, all these tools. I just don't know how they're going to utilize him now with all these new players, but I, I am excited to see it. Um, I don't know if it'll play out as 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 as, as great as we had like at the beginning, but you mm-hmm. know, I, I think there's so much potential there with him still. Oh, no question about it. I, I think he, like I mentioned about DeRozan, uh, he's going to also be one playing with the second unit a lot. He, he mm-hmm. you're going to see that um, because at, with the starting five, and you're right, he's what the fourth, fifth option. So yeah. he's not going to, you know, really get it there, but. He is the guy you put on the team's best player because he showed that last year. You know, right. LeBron comes in. Didn't Kawhi even mention the in. defense. Yeah. yeah, Right. Those guys mm-hmm. come in. That's who he's guarding. What mm-hmm. I liked so much about Patrick Williams is people's biggest critique of him was, I just want to see it more. I know he's got the tools, but I want to see it more. I'm like, that's not a critique. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> you're like. You're like, dude, I just want to see you do it. Like, I know you have it. I just want to see you right. do it. That's that is not a critique. That is just you you like what you see and you just want him to believe it. And you just yeah. want him to show more of it. So you want those 20 shots. You know, you want him to be a little more selfish. You want him to be a little more aggressive in that. And I think Billy mm-hmm. Donovan is kind of working with him in that, which is why I love Billy Donovan so much, because you saw Billy Donovan take him to the playoff game to watch the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, there are yeah. pictures of him and Patrick mm-hmm. Williams at the game together. And I love yeah. that. You know what I mean? He's showing him, you know, what he needs to do. Um, and also him playing on Team USA, I thought, was also very helpful to him, too, because he's around other great players. You can't do anything mm-hmm. but get better if you're around other great players. Like, that's just the rule. So, yeah. and, and he wants to be great. Like, he's talked about it. But I think rookie year, what you saw, a lot of that was him, you know, just kind of laying back, you know, didn't want to ruffle any feathers, you know, being the rookie, you know, you know, deferring to the, you know, veteran and things like that. Like, I think that's was a lot of what you saw, but I don't expect to see that uh, in year two. Uh, I expect to see a little more aggression out of him. And if I just see a little more aggression, I, I'll be fine because he's going to beat up, you know, people in the second unit, man, because the dude can play two through four. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at it. And so that's he's the other one I'm excited about watching in the summer league. So, well, yeah, keep your hopes high on Patrick. Don't leave yet. Keep your hopes high. Well, well plus, right. at least he has an offseason, too. Like, like yeah. he got drafted, Ooh. and then three weeks later, the season started last year. Great point. He went from Great playing in, in Tallahassee to Chicago. And it's like, okay, here, this shit matters now. You're, this is your job. You're getting paid. Okay, now mm. you got five months to build your body. You know, you get a trainer and a dietitian, and you got your your staff with you 24-7, 365. And right. to learn how to be a professional, I think that – I'm expecting a giant leap for him this year, especially having all the prep work in the offseason. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely expect to see that growth. Um, I know uh, my partner Chris, who I do ball on bulls with, 
was saying on our show yesterday. He just wants to see him go out. And Matt said this too. He just wants to see him go out in the summer league and dominate everybody. <laughs> like that's really what you want yeah. to see. To be, be better than everybody because we know the skills. We know the talent. We know what you have. Now, I need you to go prove this at a, at a practice. You know what I mean? Just show yeah. me that you're that guy at a practice. So, yeah, I can't wait for this the, summer league, honestly. The Bulls are going to have Io and Williams. And is, is Sam, Samanovich going to be there too? Yes. For summer yes, league? Yes, he will be there. Okay. Yes, he will. He's the is other he, one. I'm, watch, I'm watching like a hawk, bro. Watching like I know he's like he's gonna have to get bigger to play in the NBA at some point. Sure. But like going into his first year, is he just gonna be like your pick and pop, like off the bench, three point shooter, mid range shooter type guy? Like I I don't follow your the Euro League as much, so like I I really don't know a lot about him. But again, right. second round pick, AK has a nice history of it. I'm, I'm looking high and like I'm, I'm high. You know what I mean? Yeah. And here's what I can tell you about it. Cause I watched, I definitely was watching tape on him. He is definitely pick and pop, but he gets rebounds and he's not afraid of contact. So, but you're right. He should get a little bit bigger or at least a little leaner um, because yeah. he's going to be in there banging, getting rebounds. You're going to have to have some strength on you. So yeah, he definitely is going to have to get that. But I will say, the team he played for in the Euro League is the same team that Jokic played for. And that's where AK found him. And that's where AK saw that. him. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same exact, it's the same team. So, so knowing that track record uh gave me a little, I was like, okay, bet. Like, all right, you know what you're looking at. Yeah. Like, all right, you know what you're looking yeah. at here. So, but him out of everybody in summer league is the one I am right here on. I am laser focused on him. I'm going to critique everything he does. I'm watching every move he makes, how he walks, how he chews gum. I'm looking at all of it because I want to see it all, man, because just because I know if he's anything, he will be vital in his role because, like I said, guys, you know, they need size. They still need another big man. So if he can be a little bit of that, I'll be excited. I'm not putting – I don't want to put nothing too much on his shoulders. It's a rookie, you know, young guy coming into, you know, the NBA, you know, new country and everything so mm-hmm. i don't want to put all of that on his shoulders but i am looking at him though i am I'm, that'd be a lie if i said i wasn't laser focused on his game and what he's doing so For but yeah sure. yeah we'll see we'll see what he looks like all right man well uh i we we kind of i don't think we touched on it but like this whole tampering thing with lonzo ball's yeah. contract like where how do you see this playing out like i don't like all I could think of when I saw Woes dropped, I was like, they've been letting LeBron get away with everything for like his entire career. That's the only thing I could think of. Like, this is stupid. Just let this thing go. Like, just let it go. Like, like let yeah. the fans be happy, it. man. Just forget about yeah. it. Like, turn your head. Turn the other way. There's so many people who've been turning their head away from a lot of things. Some things that they shouldn't be turning their head away from. But like, you know what yeah. I mean? When it comes to sports, yeah. like they've been turning their head away from all the things that LeBron has gotten away with for his entire career mm-hmm. and other players as well. Why can't the Bulls just have this one, man? Have, yeah. Just let them have it. NBA didn't want us to be great, man. It's messed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I saw, I I know I know why they did it because you know the Bulls signed him literally the first minute of free agency. Yeah, like, yeah, first that minute, yeah. literally the watching the yeah, clock strike midnight and the inks are already on the paper. Like, <laughs> right, man, right. They're like, cool. we got him. He's done. We did. He's done. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's go home. And they're like, how? You know, that's too quick. Um, yeah. Tamper, tampering is very hard to prove. Uh. Very, it's very hard to prove. If as long as they didn't talk to the agent uh during this process, they're fine. Um, okay. 
I'm because they can easily go because remember we tried to get him during a trade deadline, so discussions and all that other stuff had already been in right. place. You know what I mean? Like a trade and all those had already happened. A structure was already developed for this. A skeleton, at least, was already developed for this um, deal, which is probably why it happened so fast. Um, so, yeah, it's just that it happened so fast. I really think that's what it was. They were like, it happened so fast in the first minute. We got to look at it. Well, the only. Well, so, I mean, if they isn't there like a tampering state, like, don't they literally call it like the tampering window, though? <laughs> like where they can negotiate is that is that like a thing or did I just make that up? I thought that there's like a legal process before they can, or maybe it's, that's what, I don't fucking know. But that might be the NFL. Um, yeah. But from what I know, players can do it. Players can talk. Okay. Players can okay. do that. Okay. Uh, but GMs and you know can't talk to agents. You know before okay. you know anything happens and stuff like that. So yeah, they're gonna go through a thorough process. And the last time this happened was with the Bucks when they last year where they could have got. When they assigned Bogdanovich and they checked to see if tampering was involved. And I believe the Bucks lost the uh draft pick uh in the second round because of it. But then they found out Bogdanovich had never even spoken uh to Milwaukee uh for that deal. And of course he didn't even end up there. So right. yeah, but with this, honestly, I, I trust how smart AK and Eversley are. Uh that they, they wouldn't, you know, just be blatant with it, talking to you know, agents, because personally, I think everybody tampers. And you mentioned that, Cody. Like, I really believe that. Like, everybody's doing it. Everybody tampers. Yeah. It's just about who gets caught or not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's about who who gets caught with it and who gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar. So right. as long as they don't take this from I don't care. Like, you want some draft picks? All right, cool. Like, right. just yeah. I, I'm yeah. more concerned yeah. about him signing the contract. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. Like, I just want Lonzo to sign the contract. That's all I want. Like, just sign the contract, and then I'll be fine. So right. my worry about this is probably at, I don't know, seven, eight percent. You know what I mean? Like looking right. at it like that. But the rest of it, I'm I'm not too concerned with it because I'm just going to trust this front office and they haven't let me down yet. So I have to give them that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TK Harris, 76 in the comments. He asked, uh, can can GMs talk to each other? And I'm assuming he's talking like NC or not or even I don't know. Is, is there a period that they're not allowed to talk? Because like GMs call GMs all the time. I, so I'm not yeah. exactly sure. I assume like the means, sign and trade, but... they'd have to be in conversation. They'd have to talk to yeah. each other. If there's a sign right. and trade. So that's yeah, why you, I'm, you I'm, I'm to, a little yeah. confused by his question, but I didn't know if there's something that I'm missing there. But yeah, like I, GMs have to talk um, because who else is doing the trade? So you right, have to have right. that discussion. Um, yeah. It's just the agents. That's where it gets tricky. Okay. That's what you can't do. You can't talk to the A and, you know, have them involved when you're talking about doing these deals. So that's what you can't do. As long as they didn't talk to an agent, they're, they're fine. God, is his agent, his dad, is it LeVar Ball? <laughs> no. <laughs> You'd think it was. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was like, if we're leaving this shit up to LeVar, I was like, we're so screwed. We're so no, screwed. I, yo, I just, heard, I just heard his father on a podcast uh, yesterday. And they asked him about this this deal, and I was waiting to hear him talk about basketball. But the first thing he said was, "Man, they giving Trey Young two hundred million. They giving Luka two hundred million. He ain't getting no two hundred million." I'm like, "This," but you know, I was like, "Damn, that's what your first thought is? Like, you think he worth two hundred million? But he was like, "But he's happy," and he said, "There, he gets to be Lonzo. He said he likes it because they're going to let Lonzo be Lonzo, 
and that's all he yeah. said about it. But he was, yeah, he was talking about that money. He was like, I want to use that money. I'm ready for the big baller brand store on Madison Avenue. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm ready. Yeah. The big ball of bean. I'm telling yeah, you, rent out the bean. Big ball of bean. Yeah. The big, big ball yeah. of bean, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I, I do look forward to like the first time, like, you know, if, if the Bulls, like, you know, lose three or four or something like that. And Lonzo isn't playing like he isn't putting up the best stats or something. And LeVar Ball is going to come out. He's going to go on ESPN 1000 or some shit and say some stuff. I I am looking forward to it. Take the Zenny off the jersey. Just put the BBB on there, man. (laughs) (laughs) That would be incredible, honestly. It would be spectacular. (laughs) I am a a, a LeVar Ball fan. He entertains me. Uh, He makes me laugh. Uh, I think he's a good father. He's basically, for me, he's basically an offensive lineman for his kids. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. he does all this stuff, you know. How's the saying go? You never let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. So he's over here doing this while his kids over here, you know, you don't hear any of that stuff from his kids. You know what I mean? None of it. They, yeah. They're not arrogant. They, they're, you know, bombastic or anything like that. But, you know, he's doing all of that. And you know, making a way and letting them live. Even LiAngelo's got a nice house, so yeah. <laughs> they're doing okay. Yeah, you know? yeah. even LiAngelo. <laughs> even uh, LiAngelo. <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, it, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, before I let you go, I got to bring up my good friend JB. Oh, we went to college <laughs> with him. He said, "Fun fact: having dreadlocks increases your athleticism by roughly seven percent." So, uh, that I, I, JB's a D one athlete, man. He was. He was a D1 hey, athlete in Illinois. His brother went to Northwestern <laughs> and played for the football team as well. So, um, yeah, he, if hey, you know, you know. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, you get on these sticks, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bulls are finally going to be a team that I want to actually use on a consistent basis on 2K. I know, right? Man. Dude, that was it's the first thing I did. <laughs> the first thing I did was go play 2K. I haven't played Hell it in yeah. a year. I was so excited. Uh, yeah. I was like, "Yay, 2K! Yay!" I get to 2K play is now. back, yes. baby. It's back. Oh man, uh, so yeah. happy! And I and I don't have to put my creative player on the Bulls because I have to fix the franchise myself. Like, that's, that's, yes, like that was always like my that was like the last five years. That's been like yeah. my my reason yeah, that I'd put myself on the Bulls. It's like I'm going to change this franchise. Co- and the text me and say he just spent fifty dollars on VC so he could make his player better. <laughs> To carry the Bulls franchise, <laughs> I did. I'd have done that's that like love, the last man. three or four years, man. That's Look, a problem. That's like and fifty bucks. That ain't no small. Listen, it's like what four ninety nine anyway. Like that dude said fifty bucks, dog. Yeah, he just man. bought himself an MVP, literally. <laughs> You're right. Oh, You're not playing around. I hope I hope your creative uh, player has has locks. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I, unfortunately, I would I would I would play a shit ton, and then I would get over it because I just lose attention span, and then have a life. So it yes. is what it is. I would basically feel like ah, I wasted fifty bucks here, but <laughs> a lot of it had to do because the Bulls were not good, though. Like that's the thing. Like I feel like I'm gonna to want to play two K so yeah. so much more now. I'm gonna want to play yeah. so much more. I can't now. wait, man. So, I can't wait. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. It's going to be fun. All right, man. Hell yeah. Well, uh, looking forward to uh, the season, man. It's going to be a long couple months until then, but it's so much to look forward to, and I'm so excited about it. And uh, it it does somewhat make me feel better about my favorite baseball team. At least when that's over, I can just shift my (laughs) shift all my attention to the to the fall and winter for the bears yeah. to break my heart in some sort of way, but at least have the bears, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, hey, man. as always, man, it's always good to have you on, man. 
man, I love talking to y'all, man. Thank y'all for even thinking of me and having me on here. It's always fun, bro. Thank Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. We appreciate Absolutely, what's man. coming out of the kitchen. I like what that shit. Hey, hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let them cook, baby. <laughs> Let them cook. <laughs>Yeah, so good.
uh, that he liked um, and just things that he pointed out. So I'm going to start with the offense because that's the stuff that we love, right? Yep. Um, so his offensive notes from Bears camp, he says, most competent passing attack of any Nagy camp so far. More passion about the run game than I've seen at Nagy camp. The running back room looks like the deepest of the Nagy era. Darnell Mooney is a stud. All in jeopardy as offensive tackle is a big problem until further notice. So um, I think everything is good offensively, except the offensive line is just yeah, beat up right now. Literally to the point where we have put like Arlington Hambright out there because Jenkins has back problems. Borum went into concussion protocol. Well, mm-hmm. got a couple others injured. It's got to the point where we had five guys on the offensive line out, out of practice for injury. And it's like, well, that's not fucking good. Um, we have a, we have a game here, what, on the 12th, mm-hmm. I think, or something like that. First, It's like, oof. Like, you're going to throw Justin Fields out there with a bucket of footballs to play, you know, to guard his blind side. That's going to be the only thing to watch out for, really, I think, because I, I don't know what else to do. I know a lot of people were talking about not letting him play because he has no offensive line. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. He's going he's gonna to play in the preseason game. He's got to get his reps. Um yeah, I mean, I look if everything's going to feel good in training camp, right? It's mm-hmm. always got to feel good. Um, the only thing last that we've noticed the past few years is people picking on Mitch Trubisky, and uh, rightfully so because he was not good at football. Um, <laughs> but I'm, you know, everyone's watching the highlights of Justin Fields, and he is living it up, living up to the. Dude, I'm I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, but Greg Braggs, he's yeah. been literally at every Bears training camp. Yeah. It feels like. And he's been posting videos of Justin Fields, and he's either slinging it downfield or he's running between the tackles or some shit, or getting out of the pocket and running deep, like just running deep yeah. down the down the field and like just making an impact. And it's it makes my body all tingling. It you makes see, me want to take back everything I said about him sitting for a year. But did you see uh, Jimmy Graham, <laughs> who Jimmy Graham compared him to, and Russell Wilson. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, right. that's exciting stuff. Not surprising, but. It is exciting at the same time. Um, yeah, man. Like it's just been the Justin Field show. Like, but also Andy Dalton has been like a nice surprise too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people and again, his beard is elite. Like, yeah, last year with the Cowboys was uh, horrible. But again, yeah. he had literally they had their entire starting offensive line was out when he played. He also was playing hurt and got hurt. Um but remember when he he when he was on the Bengals, he was a good quarterback. Yeah. At one point, I'm not saying he's going to. It wasn't great, but he was good. Plan. They went they went he led them to the playoffs a handful of times. He's gonna he's gonna I think he'll be serviceable. Like it, it him playing the whole year and he's healthy and he's serviceable. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world for him if he played all 17 games. You know, mm-hmm. if that, does that make sense? Like if if we're competitive and we're playing well and he stays healthy. And Fields is learning. Like I just don't think, I, I don't think it'd be the worst thing. Now, if he does suck, so let's pull that rug out from under him and, and bring in Justin Fields. But um, I, again, I, I don't think it'd be the end of the world if he were to start all seventeen games and be as long as he's com- you know competitive and, and serviceable at the quarterback position. Yeah, yeah, I know you're right. Um, interesting stuff. Um, to continue this thread, this is now moved to the defense. Uh, he says, 
Sean Desai is a ball is a ball of energy slash info. Um, if pass rushers are healthy, they'll be fine. Even if Quinn doesn't improve, Alec Ogletree has made quite the splash. I think he has like five interceptions in camp. Uh-huh. Um, Jalen Johnson is a stud. Other cornerbacks look capable. Got to show in games. Guys, uh, dig takeaway bucket. Um, I don't know what he meant by that last line, but anyway, anyway I, I did uh, turnover chain. Yeah. I will say I've seen a lot of stuff about the defense looking 2018 level. I think there was a player who said that the defense looked like that. Um, I think he said that and it was like when they were going up against the second team offense, but Hey, whatever. Um, obviously we need Robert Quinn to be better. Um, need them to all stay healthy. You need Eddie Jackson to bounce back from last year. Um, need Jalen Johnson to take another step because he's the number one corner now. Um, yeah, know, what we're seeing from from Alec Ogletree, one, he's the one he, he signed a big contract, I think, with the Giants a few years back, and then just didn't play that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think injuries were a part of that. However, if he can make Danny Trevathan good again, that would be fantastic. Trevathan looks very slow last year. He got burned a shit ton. He, he didn't wrap up very well. At the very least, if he's able to make it so Trevathan can split time as a backer and and, and stay fresh, great signing. Good call bringing him in. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, there's – the defense is this is some, is something I'm just not going to be that worried about. It's, you know, obviously need to stay healthy and they are getting older, but – I think at the end of the day, it's just the offense. But I mean, again, this is this is training camp. Um, there's not much left from his thread that, like, I guess I need to say. I mean, he did say, okay, this is about Andy Dalton. He says Andy Dalton shows better command for obvious reasons, makes his own highlight throws based more on anticipation and accuracy than physical gifts. Teammates respond to him. Looks like he's still not good. He's still got good game or good football in him. Uh, not great in parentheses. <laughs> Plus, his hair is somehow redder in person. I just love that tweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Right now, I think the injury bug is what's killing him. Um, but we'll see. I, uh, you know, I. It's just so weird. There's just nothing but positive vibes in the Bears camp right now. Um, we'll see how it goes, man. Yeah, I mean the the best case scenario right now is um, if. The Jenkins injury is just, uh, you know, just a, the, a little obstacle to overcome. If that back injury is not going like, to last his entire career and it's just one time thing, mm-hmm. then we got our left tackle for the next ten years. You know, so that's yeah. that's kind of the hope. Maybe I they're know. just treating it like you know being super Overly cautious. cautious. Yeah. yeah, which I don't mind. You know, it, I just want him to be accustomed to what's going on on the field and shit. That's the only thing I genuinely really care about. The last thing we need is a Carson Wentz type injury to someone. Yeah. yeah. So trade for Nick Foles. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 I didn't even try to bring that up, but it was just the latest injury that like that's happened in training camp, and I'm like, yeah, trade, Nick, trade for Nick Foles right now. Not, not the not the vibes I want to give off, but we need another quarterback to get hurt on another team and just make the market for Nick Foles just really volatile. And just yeah. like, oh, you want like instead of wanting like a seventh round pick and us to pay the whole contract, why don't you just give us a fifth round pick and you pay his entire contract, and and, and well, that'll be it. Yeah, right. I, I love that idea. I love that idea. All right, man. Well, uh, let's move on 
So the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, before we move on to the very end, I uh, just wanted to mention real quick, um, there, there is an update on the, uh, I guess, the sexual assault lawsuits uh, against the Blackhawks from former players that are unnamed. Um, so while last week there was a bunch of obviously good things about the Blackhawks because of the players they signed, um, off the ice, it's clearly been a mess. Um, it's a tough scene. Uh, it's not great, Bob. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess the attorney of the unnamed players for the sexual assault lawsuit against them has reached out to Safe Sport to conduct their own investigation uh, into the Blackhawks. And uh, I guess the alleged cover-up by Stan Bowman uh, of the sexual abuse. So... Um, I'd have never heard of safe sport, my friend. I don't really know how much this really affects things going forward, but it is another step and we have to talk about it a little bit. Um, yeah, I, so I don't know about uh, before I, before yeah, I let you, what, I don't know about you, but do you think the sexual assault case had anything to do with the Blackhawks just completely changing direction into trying to be a win to like, to be contenders next year? Like, like, to try to like, I guess. Oh, to like put this in the shadow. To the, yeah, to like oh. put this in the shadow because again, they put out a freaking like a freaking graphic last year saying that they were going to rebuild, and they, you know, now they're going in a complete different direction, being good. And I don't, I'm, this is more of like a conspiracy theory. Yeah. It's not even really a conspiracy theory for me, but like, would how much do you really feed I don't, into that? I, guess? I don't think so. I think. My my guess is probably they probably realize that they're gonna get every bit of juice out of the squeeze of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves as they can, because there were rumors last year that they are gonna try and sign Kane to another extension, um, okay. and you know who knows about Taves. Maybe not. Maybe they won't be able to. But I think they kind of view this window as fuck it let's just go all in and if we suck for the next two years even though we spent all this money you know fuck it who cares like we'll trade off guys and we'll then we'll rebuild um but i mean as far as i'm saying they're going into a rebuild mode and then not doing it i'm like that's classic blackhawks just being stupid they're just dumb stan bowman's a clown uh is the worst front office uh personnel person in the history of sports i fucking hate him um if you like there's a reason people shouldn't don't ever see him on the streets because he's busy hiding and cowering uh in his little tower and and not and not being good at, at a uh at facilitating a roster that's conducive for winning hockey because he he's a fucking idiot um doesn't know how to mishandle he mishandles money his budget salary cap he's a dumbass um <laughs> As far as the the uh, safe sport thing, I, I mean, perspective wise, is probably meaning that the investigation the ha the Blackhawks are conducting on themselves is not to the liking of this person or these people. Yeah. Um, so they're bringing in the third and fourth party mm. to conduct another to con conduct their own interview because it's not to the liking of uh, the victims. That's my, that's how I perceive it. I could be totally off. That's just, you know, that's what I'm, that, those are the smells I'm getting from over there. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
That is, uh, that does make it interesting because the, you know, that doesn't look good on the Blackhawks and their quote unquote, you know, funded own independent investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, uh, they're, they're doing that with the uh, Generum Block, which is a Chicago based law firm. But, yeah. apparently, uh, you know, those findings will eventually become, will be set public but you know yeah, I, I, I doubt it'll affect the current roster structure no you know what i mean this is this is more of like if there's anyone left in the organization this is like people going to jail yeah, to yeah. not like oh they're gonna lose draft picks they fucking might i don't know but right people committed committed sexual assault and they will need to go to jail because they're guilty type of deal not right. a oh someone fucking cheated and you know, whatever you know this is like right. real life stuff so i don't know if i don't think it'll affect the actual roster structure if something goes down it'll affect people in the front office if they help positions mm-hmm. um rocky rocky words um and family probably gonna be effective affected by it but beyond that i don't i i, I just don't know um haven't really seen anything beyond this uh you saw it with the redskins a little bit with the cheerleader stuff um, but the, the owner in football team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, did I say the R word? <laughs> yeah. You said the R, R word. <laughs> Sorry. 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 Um, it's okay. Totally uh, leaving this in here, by the way. But, but uh, he, all he did was he said, don't sue me. We'll settle outside of court. Meaning he just paid them all money to shut up and go away. Uh, and I think it's, too, it's beyond that now. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I don't know. It's just, I saw the story and was just kind of like, well, you know. But you you know for a fact that even when like this won't be resolved for a while, when the hockey season starts, you can watch the games. They're not going to talk about it. No. Why would they? You know. Yeah. Yeah. When the Blackhawks have a stake in NBC Sports, like they're not going to talk about that. Like why would they talk about? They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. Right. Exactly. Yep, it's kind of like the Cubs and how uh, you know they're they're basically ignoring the fact that they just traded all those guys away because they they created a new uh, hype video before the game. Uh, they took all the banners down outside the, the ballpark that had Bryant Rizzo and Baez on. Like they're just just clean slate, fellas. <laughs> so, um, all right, man. Well, I uh, just wanted to mention that real quick. Nothing, no big. Hawks news, as far as I know, if we miss some, I'm sorry. Everyone knows that they should not come here for Blackhawks talk. But uh, I, I would like to change that if the Blackhawks actually do good. Good. Well, uh, I'm ready for this season to start. Like, having the Bulls and the Blackhawks be good to occupy four nights a week of my time. Yeah. Especially if the Bears really just aren't good at all. Like, yeah. even if the Bears are good, but, you know, Sundays are – that's not God's day. That's Bears day. That's football. That is Bears day. Yeah. That's, that's red zone day. Red zone day, red zone day, and like engulfing just all of the wings. And, and even for me, like college football, like that's gambling day, along with the NFL Sunday's gambling day. But I mean, you get look, Illinois kicking off at 11 and then getting their dicks kicked in for three hours. And then guess what? I got, I got the, the big 12 teams, SEC teams taking me till six, seven at night. Then I get mm-hmm. the Saturday night game, and then I got. Got Hawaii kicking off at eleven thirty p.m. Baby, for that that ninety point over, we're gonna hit it. Let's go. I look forward to just hanging out at your place in Rogers Park and just just sweating out the over on Hawaii at like yeah. one a.m. Yeah, 
and Cassidy calling me, why aren't you home? I'm sweating out Hawaii right can now. Literally, man. literally, like my backyard is Lake Michigan. So if we just get murdered, we can just go walk out to the beach, walk out to the water, and not come back and just drown ourselves in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing, but serious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shall we move to the very end of the show, man? The, the segments. Let's do it. Uh, we're going to do it like we did last week, just kind of a run through because we know this show has been kind of long. So my cool and tough layman week in Shadow Realm. Let's start cool and tough. My cool and tough is uh, Jimbo Covert. I think that's how you say his name. If I if I didn't say it right, then I'm a terrible Bears fan. I'm sorry, but he was inducted into the Football Hall of Fame this weekend. Uh, played with the Bears back in the day. Played with Walter Payton. Had a very funny Walter Payton story. You should go search it on YouTube. Very good stuff. Um, Tommy, any thoughts on this before I move? Um, no, awesome. That's good news. Yeah, I'm glad he's alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my layman week, um, and I'm gonna start. I might start doing this like every week, just because like it's a very much talked about thing in the city, uh, but. Shootings and deaths over the weekend. We have nine dead, including a police officer and 58 wounded. Um, that's actually good compared to past weeks, but still, um, it just sucks. Like the city, man, the city is just, it gets wild, especially yep. in, in hot summer days. In, um, you can go to uh, uh, formyblock.org, um, an organization that we talked about. Um, a few different times while the world was uh, burning. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's an organization that works with youth uh, in the city of Chicago. Um, they work a lot with like uh, food harvest programs that help teenagers run their own like food markets after school. Uh, yep. All that money goes. I've donated there before. Uh, and they show you exactly where your money's going, you know, what kids it's going to help out, what programs it helps out with. So if you go, it's formyblock.org. Uh, the company's called for, it's like my, my hood, my block, my city. So, yep. Yep. Thank you for plugging that. It's always good to give them some attention, even though I think everyone in the city knows who I'm talking about or who yep. we're talking about, but it's always good to plug them. Yep. Um, and then my shadow realm, this is where we, we kind of pick it back up because this is a really funny story. Um, but also just a very like God fucking damn it story. <laughs> okay. Um, Maxwell Barry, um, he was this, uh, I, I want to say he's still in college or maybe he just graduated. He was from Ohio, went to Ohio uh, University of Ohio, Wesleyan, um, played golf there. He was on a frontier airline flight and uh, apparently he like groped some flight attendants and uh, eventually <laughs> what, went what went viral is he got, he eventually got duct taped and like, <laughs> like just like absolutely, uh, <laughs> just like murdered by the internet because there's video of him out there just <laughs> sitting the, in his seat, duct taped to the chair. The yeah. images are so fucking funny. I literally thought this was an Onion article when I read it first because yeah. I'm like, what? And I, and I saw the picture. I'm like, that is a straight out of a like a movie. That is so mm. funny. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna kind of go over it. So he's 22. He's facing multiple misdemeanor charges. Um, according to the Miami Dade Police Department. Um, so the police, according to police, it says that he's accused of groping two female flight attendants and punching a male flight attendant in the face. Uh, he was seen on the now viral video screaming during the incident that his parents are worth two million goddamn dollars. Oh <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And you know what? You know what's, what really hurts me? And this, if you know, you know, like if you know, you know, 
me and Tommy both work for our college fraternities national headquarters. But he is, I guess, in school, he um, won an award for uh, – let me look at I'm trying to find the, the quote. He won an award – where is it? I lost it. Um, Because he was part of Greek life – there uh, i can't find. oh here it is i found it he was involved in greek life uh, in college and was given a award for being the perfect role model and for leading the quote fight to dismantle fraternity stereotypes uh apparently some video zoom oh, that, that was posted on ohio wesleyan's uh website or whatever so yeah it's not great for guys like me and you who have been yeah. out here trying to slow those stereotypes uh so yeah fuck He's, um, he's he falls in the category that uh, category of people, and Cody and I have been discriminating discriminating against these types of people since we were in college. The yep. group of people that were never told no growing up, <laughs> the, you can just yes. tell that he was one of them. Yeah, especially when he's screaming, "My parents are worth two goddamn million dollars!" Like fuck, man. This is the type of kid that, like you said, he he was he was going to. Uh, you know, Bulls games in the 90s. Well, he's 22, so probably not. But, like, he was going to Blackhawks games in, like, 2010, sitting at, at, at the very front row um, and and not having, you know, like, not appreciating it because yeah. he's probably, like, on his iPad or whatever, you know, playing fucking Angry Birds paid, or some paid shit. For, paid for the tickets with daddy's credit card. And, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Never, never earned anything, never deserved anything, <laughs> never worked for anything. Uh, a, a type of built different that you don't want to be built as. Um, yeah, man, this guy. And also his name's Maxwell. What kind of idiot or what kind of douche isn't named Maxwell? Like, I'm surprised for our, like Maximilian. I feel like he's got like yeah, Maximilian. Yeah. Outside of our good friend Max Bain, I know he goes by Maxwell. Outside of him, like what kind of douche isn't named Maxwell? I'm just saying. So. <laughs> yeah, not a good one um, for, for the Club Max. Um, yeah. All right, so here's one. So this one, my cool and tough is, I told you about it at work, held out, not telling you for a whole week. Um, oh, boy. So this guy in, uh, I think he was from Great Britain. Um, yeah. Let me describe to you how he's been. Also, is this you like you like freaked out about this at work, right? You're sitting at your desk and you were like, oh, I found my cool and tough, but I can't tell you. Is yeah. this it? Yeah. Oh, so you're now telling me. All right. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> so let me describe his physical features. Um, he's kind of like not overweight. He's skinny, but he's fat. Does that make sense? Like he's not, yeah. he's got like a tummy on him. You know, he's not got a lot of muscle, muscular definition, balding pretty badly, um, kind of hairy. Uh, and he's, okay. he's, he's one of the whites. He's a white tea, white. Um, <laughs> And he, you know, he was struggling financially and I think he quit his job and he was just enthralled with uh, a lot of the same articles that we hear about on the internet about how people, how particularly beautiful women join OnlyFans and they're, they just get the pack. They're making uh -huh. you know, tens and tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, just instantaneously. So he's yeah. like, you know what? there's got to be a niche for someone with my body type. Like some, there's got to be some people out there, guys, girls, whoever that dig on this body. <laughs> so we created his own OnlyFans. 
He created his own OnlyFans, and I, I, I didn't. I'm, I'm pulling this from another article, but he apparently he doesn't like show the uh, his wiener. He doesn't show like the goods. He doesn't show the goods. Okay. He just doesn't 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 show doesn't show any of that, and he doesn't show like the back, uh, the rear hole. But he just <laughs> takes like uh, I, I want to say sexy, but <laughs> he just takes <laughs> pictures of him like on the beach with no clothes on. And like all this shit, like he'll be lying on the rocks or like, you know, laying on, laying in bed with like the towels kind of over him. Like, like really, he's trying. He's going for it. He's trying. He's embraced. How, how embraced much it. money? He did this for one month and then like sent this into whatever article to tell them about his experience. Guess how much money he made in the month? $500. Nope. I'll give you one more try. Am I am I am I too low? I didn't give you any clues? Okay, I'll just assume that it's more like less go, than what? less than less than two million dollars. I'll say that. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go one point five million. Okay, so he made exactly zero dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, damn! I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there you got me there brother i thought that like maybe this guy really hit it but he made zero dollars the article is so funny because this is like, he's like he's like i thought the app was broken i thought it was <laughs> no one just wanted to see him naked oh my god he had the bare minimum minimum subscription in the uk which i think it like from pounds to dollars is like two dollars and ninety nine cents subscription. And he got none. He oh had zero subscription. He didn't even subscribe to himself. Oh my god! Oh god. Shout out to this guy. Um, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. You think after this article, he'd leave his account open to see, you know, get some pity subscribers, but apparently not. Um, yeah. But yeah, shout out to this guy. He put it. He put literally everything out there. It's got Did he give him? Is there a name? What's his name? I don't have his name. I'll look his name up and and, and I'll mention it next episode. But um, I think he wanted to, if I remember reading the article correctly, I think he was trying to be somewhat anonymous because it was such a massive failure on his part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love uh, how he like sent it into like the, some news outlet or whatever. Yeah. It was like, That's it was so like a uh, lad. I think it was lad Bible or something. Uh, popular. Oh, okay. music. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just that's just good shit. That's so fucking funny. Zero dollar. Anyway, um, my layman week is the New York Post. They posted the article that went viral. Mostly the pic, the image went viral with the caption. It said, "Meet the 16 year old entrepreneur who's interested in cryptocurrency." And it's like, I read the article and I really didn't retain any of it. But it's literally a profile about this 16 year old, and he's about how like cryptocurrency and like bitcoin all that shit like really piques his interest mm -hmm. and his level of knowledge with that kind of uh uh economic diversity and how it'll affect him is zero um just a yeah. 16 year old kid uh that is splurging on daddy's money similar to maxwell berry uh, but mm -hmm. i love i love all the memes that are coming out of it uh, meet 16 year old kid and just people putting up pictures of their dumb ass from when they're in high school yeah. um but this New York Post is against Lehman Week. That's just the stupidest 
stupidest article of all time. It's clearly meant for people who are 70 years old that still subscribe to them. Um, <laughs> and my, my, my shadow realm is NBC. Um, as you know, the Olympics are going on and they just aren't putting out the schedule. They have not put out the schedule for anything. The only thing they put out there is the, is the basketball games on their mm-hmm. network. They, they just, they literally have not told you what events are going on when, even though I know there's a time difference, uh, yet they put out this big article in the times about how viewership is just totally tanking and it's in the floor and, and they don't know what to do about it. Well, maybe just put it, I know you're televising it, but maybe put it out on the fucking online for people to stream it. Cause I know they want people to do that. Um, mm-hmm. make it so it's more accessible beyond Peacock. Or if you have cable, put it on the fucking the guide for people to know what events they're watching, not just put 2020 Tokyo Olympics so people know. Yeah, I quite literally haven't watched any of the Olympics. I've just been I watched a couple of the basketball games. That was it. Yeah, I mean, I just watched the I, basketball I, game. I took that stream from online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just haven't been into this. And I usually at least get into like the swimming or something, but like. I don't know what it is. Just not really into it this year. Well, there it's just the, they, they moan and groan about people streaming it, but then they make people pay absorbent amounts for Peacock. And then <laughs> that's where they have it on. And then they put it on the regular NBC channel. Mm-hmm. And then don't put a description of what's going on. You know, it's just like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know, man. Anyway, it's been a long show, man. So, uh, I uh, appreciate if you're still listening. Thank you for sticking around. Um, good one as always. Episode 100, I guess, going all in like we did today, uh, I guess, kind of represents this this show. So um, before we get out of here, we are brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Ontap and Tommy at official underscore T long. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Skies Falling Pod and Instagram at the Skies Falling Pod. Um, yeah, man. I guess we'll be back next week. Start triple digits or keep going with triple digit episodes. I don't know. Um, lots of stuff to look forward to. I know the Cubs season sucks, but I think there's a lot of stuff to go forward. And uh, Big Dave kind of gave us that that energy going. So I'm looking forward to the fall and and the you know the winter the winter sports. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I've fully been like excited for that like I am right now. In a few years, a long yeah. time. So. We got Illinois basketball. We got Illinois football. We got most basketball coming up this winter. Like, you know, Blackhawks seemingly seem like they're going to be good. Like, there's things coming up. Just got to get through the rest of the baseball season. Um, Yeah. So, anything else, man, before we out of here? Nope. Fuck the Cardinals. Fuck the Packers. Hit the damn music.